mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-C. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the end times continue recording on this, the 25th of June. And this is the uh, one year episode plus one. I am Dino and you are. (laughs) And I am Ace. Yeah, we forgot about our one year anniversary episode uh, recently. uh, 100% we did. We absolutely did. <laughs> I got done uh, editing the show and and you were in a in a different chat. I got done editing yeah. the show. I I jumped into the chat and I was like, "Hey, uh, you forgot this is our one year show cuz I did too." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why. I knew it was coming up and I had thought about it like prior to that episode even, but I for some reason I thought that was episode 51 and it wasn't. Uh, so I, I just got completely confused about what number it was. So yeah, I, I had been, <laughs> I had kept reminding myself every show, like at, leading mm-hmm. up to it, I was like, oh, this is this is you know this is number forty nine. We're coming up on on yeah. uh, on a year, and I just totally it t- I, I didn't even it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like a, well, whoops. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it didn't occur to me until I was exporting TETC fifty two to the folder, yeah. and it was like, oh. Oh, (laughs) you ever had that? I mean, I have like a weird relation with time anyway, but it's like, you ever think about like when someone says, oh, wow, that was a year ago. And you're like, no, no, it wasn't. It doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I know. And and then it's just like mathematically, it's like, oh, yeah, that was a year. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, Have we not missed a week? I don't think we missed a week. Well, the only... So I thought... I went back and forth on if we missed one week, but I don't think we did. I thought we just, rec- like, doubled up on some weeks. Like, like, you know uh, I mean? like, we recorded two in one week because we were going to, like... Um, uh, we were busy the next week. We um, have pre-recorded, like uh, I yeah. think, two or three episodes yeah. um, over the course of the first year. We, we pre-recorded, like, way pre-recorded, like, uh, a yeah. few episodes. But I don't think we've ever... I don't think there's ever been a week we haven't put something out. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For the first year, not to miss a single week that that's awesome. It really is. That's I'm proud of us. We do we do good. Yeah. We do we do good podcast work. Um. <laughs> yes. Uh, so also, I did want to give an update just because you know it it has been somewhat of an issue, and it is very annoying when I re-listen to the episodes. I am still looking into what is wrong with the, my microphone. Um, and this is re- so I have trouble. I've been troubleshooting this for weeks now. And what I've been able to get it down to is I believe it is a discord issue. Now, I, yeah. obviously, you know, the first thing about it is, OK, it's it sounds like it's a noise gate issue, right? That's what that's what would be the most commonsensical thing. I have all my noise gates turned off yep. and it still happens. Um, and I don't know why. And it only happens after we've been in the Discord because we record a little behind the scenes. Current, a little behind the scenes here. Um, we do record on Discord. Um, yes. And well, we record. And, I, uh, I pull your audio from Discord, and it's recorded on my yes. local machine. We're not using like a Discord bot right. or anything like that. Oh, right, right. Yes. Yeah. Um. So what? What's weird is that the, my microphone will be fine for like the first I don't know forty minutes an hour, right? And then you'll start cutting out from what I've seen. Um, 
Yeah, um, I'm, I'm wondering it, if there's... It's got to be like a bandwidth issue, right? It's got to be... I, yeah, it has to be. So I, I don't know if I maybe I can like prioritize Discord or something during during certain times or something like that. I might I might try that actually in the future. Um, but yeah, it, it only happens at certain times. But then it gets reset if I leave the call. This is what I have found tends to work if I'm cutting out very badly. Um, if I just leave the call and come back, it's it, it like resets it. Yes, okay. it does. Uh, so. So yeah, just wanted to give people a little uh, update on on what's going on with that. Um, I, I tried different chords; it didn't seem to be the chords at all. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it has to just be a Discord issue from what I've seen so far. Yeah, I, I think it's a bandwidth thing. It's a bandwidth. Yeah, it, bandwidth. It, it's a bandwidth thing. I, I, I think the poss- there's a possibility that your machine or my machine is is deprioritizing Discord. Um. <laughs> And it could After be time, maybe. right. It could also be that Discord is deprioritizing the call itself, um, right? Yeah. And and there's some something that's limiting our bandwidth from Discord, like on Discord's end of things. Um, right. So it's a it's 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 not really. It, it, I don't think it's that big a deal. I can be more conscientious of telling you when it's happening because I know for me it's it's one of those things that I don't notice it until it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I can, I'm now able to notice it more because I can gen, generally see when you know the little, the little light ring, the green ring around your like eye cut, your profile picture, um, lets you know that you're speaking. When that goes out for an extended period of time, I'm like okay, well, if I need to leave the call and come back, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, just wanted to give listeners like a little update on that because I do know that's annoying and it, it annoys me when I listen back. So yeah. I, I did want to like um, um, just like give an update on that. So yeah, from now on, I'm going to make sure I'm going to be more conscientious and um, um, ready to like reset the call on my end, pretty much to uh, try to fix that into the <clears throat> until I can like come up with a long term solution to that. We were gonna we were we were using a couple of other systems too, but there's I. There has not been something we've used that has had the same quality when it's when it's good. It's really right. good quality. Like yeah. It, it it sounds really good when it's not doing that. Yep. And and I and I haven't I don't think we've found anything else that sounds that good or 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 performs yeah, no. as well like when it's performing well. Right. Yeah, no, not yet. Uh Discord's a, a good program. There's problems with it, but yep. it's really really good. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so there was speaking of things that have problems. <laughs> um so uh, uh, uh the world learned what happens when you build a sub out of carbon fiber material, freeze it, um unfreeze it, freeze it, unfreeze it, freeze it, unfreeze it a number of times and then put it under pressure again. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it it ends up causing a lot of people to die. Um, yeah. How many people were on that sub? Was I? Was it four? It was four or five, right? I I, I thought it was. Like I know it was single digits. People. Yeah. Well, it was the dad, the kid, and then oper- I weren't there like operators or maybe the, another family member in there, and then the operators of it. Yeah, there's something something like that. I I don't know the particulars of the people who are on board because I have not wanted to look into it because I get aggravated every time I start to because there's always a bunch of fucking commies that are celebrating the fact that people just died. Right, exactly. 
Yeah, this was a great. This was just a wild story to keep up with because this is one of the first times that I remember in recent history or like recent memory, I should say. Uh, except for maybe you know, mind collapses. This type of like I was about to say, it kind of reminds me of the mind collapse when uh, when uh, Elon Musk called the guy who was going to do the rescue there a pedophile for like no reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it it's really crazy to me, like, like when you have, like, the discourse around people who are trapped, who are, are in all likelihood going to die, and that's unfortunately what happened here. Um, people who are, uh, like, going to die and then just watching the discourse play out as, like, the, like did you see the updates? Like, hey, the submarine has uh, 48 hours of oxygen left. Yeah, all the like 24-hour news networks were doing, like, like an oxygen countdown. Right. Now, look, I get, if, I, if I want to be completely fair here, that makes sense, right? You want to make it so people are up to date. But the way people were doing that was as if it was some anticipation. As it's like, right. oh, here we go, you know? <laughs> it was really kind Honestly, of Honestly, one of the things but, that pisses me off the most about that is that a ton of people knew it was gone when all the 24-hour news networks were doing their countdown. Right. Like, they were doing this. They stretched this out for days when yeah. there were a number of people who knew, oh, this sub is gone. Like, th- this isn't even a... Yeah. Wh- why are we doing oxygen? Yeah, so these, people, these people died immediately. Right, right. Like, as soon as they lost contact, the, there was a... Uh, there, was, was, there, were, there were a number of people uh, who knew that this sub had collapsed. And I hope that they told their family members, but I probably think they didn't. I, oh, uh, there's no way they did. There's no way they did right. because th- there would have been interviews. There would have been family members. Right. The 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 stepson of the guy. Oh, I I feel kind of bad for the yeah. the guy who dies and his stepson is like I'm gonna Blink 182 concert <laughs> on fucking oh my Instagram. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what was that thing with Cardi B? What what did what, I didn't even pay attention to that. That was so crazy to me. Uh, I, I don't know. What did Cardi B say? What What did Cardi B have to do? The stepson and Cardi B were interacting. Uh, why? Oh, they were talking. They know. were they were fighting on Twitter. I remember this. Yeah, they were yeah. fighting on Twitter. Cardi yeah. B. Oh my God! It was on page six. Cardi B fires back at missing billionaire spoiled brat stepson. Oh my God. <laughs> wasn't it because he said the n-word oh did he i didn't even know i about thought that. i thought it was something like that <clears throat> I had, no i had no idea again i didn't look into that side of the story at all i just saw like glimpses impressions of it yeah uh, i i yeah I, I don't know but all i Jeez. i could like see it in my peripheral but i wasn't focused on it no i was i was more interested in just watching people Watching yeah. people like like celebrating the, the 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 fact that a bunch of people just died at the bottom of the fucking right. ocean, like this is right. not and this, this is, is when not they a thought, cool thing. Again, again, this is when also to, you know I think this makes it a little bit worse. Uh, they at the time we thought they were still alive and they were hoping to be found, and people were hoping that they were dying or yes. that they were going to die. Yes, uh, at the time. Uh, you know, it's not even, oh, I'm happy you died, which is an awful thing in the first place, but also, I, I, I hope you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no excuse for that kind of shit. This is the thing, too. I, I yeah. actually, I wanted to ask you this question. Where mm-hmm. is the line 
when you have I'm I'm tempted to say there's no real line. But where is the line when you have an event like this is going on and like you saw the Logitech controller memes? Yeah. Because the sub was controlled by a the 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 actual human interface controls for the submarine was a Logitech PlayStation controller from mm-hmm. like the PS2 PS3 era. I can't remember which. Yeah. But it had like the the the, the sticks that it was it was a Logitech PlayStation controller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so there were a lot of memes about like Logitech controllers, and I made a joke about using a Mad Cat's Xbox OG Xbox mm-hmm. controller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so like those, I I I don't think those kinds of jokes and stuff are 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 necessarily they might be in bad taste, but I don't think they're like morally right. bad. But if you're if yeah, you're no, talking I, yeah. about like hoping for someone to die, right? That's a I, different I think thing. That, yeah, I think it might be in bad taste. It's also a thing where you know people cope with dark humor, so I understand that. You know, there's a place for that. It's also reasonable to th- for if like you know if it was someone's family member or something, they might be very upset about those jokes, and they have a right to feel oh, that. Yes, you know, absolutely. I don't think, like, if someone was upset about those jokes, I wouldn't tell them that. Oh, well, you're wrong or something like that. Yeah, you, know you don't I mean? get to be you don't get to be mad that I'm making fun of this Logitech controller. No, no, you do. Right. You can be mad that I did yeah. that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's also like you know the the joke just isn't for you, and I'm sorry that you're feeling that way. And you know it is you know it is an awful situation, but it's also like you know uh, people are going to make those make those jokes, and it's again it's not malicious, but I could understand why someone would feel that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as like the more malicious uh, like comments and memes, uh, that is just like kind of reprehensible. Yeah, this is because this is an expensive trip. It was it's like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar thing to go see the Titanic right. in a submarine. Yeah. Um, it's just some like bougie, you know, uh, trip uh, that no, you know, no pl- uh, it, proletariat would ever go on or something. Exactly. Like, that. So like it's in a different class and acceptable. And so the, there was there were a ton of like just commies and lefties and shit just making oh. uh, not even not even making fun because like honestly, even some of the jokes that are like, well, they paid for the Titanic experience, like uh, that uh, that could be funny. Um, right, sure. Yeah, I don't find that that funny, but that could be funny. But the ones where it's sure. just like it's it, on a uh, different level than actually the people actually like saying, "Haha, I'm glad you're dying." Yeah, there were people. It's like it's like they're jerking off over the fact that rich people yeah. just got crushed to death by the pressures of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fucked. Yeah. That's not cool. Okay. That also is something, so uh, go, actually going back to um, what we were saying before about like how the sub, at first we thought, well, the sub is going to run out of oxygen and then these people are going to die from not having any oxygen. Um, it turns out what likely happened is the sub imploded yes. uh, very early on. Um, yeah, which um, is, around which the same time becomes, they lost contact, the sub imploded. Yes, uh, which, you know, it sounds awful, but that's actually a good thing, relative, relatively speaking, because that means they've died instantly. They would have died um, immediately, yes. There, yeah, there wouldn't there have been no, any, like, any real... Yeah, they, they didn't yeah. slowly asphyxiate. They, they would have right. died immediately. Yes, yeah, milliseconds. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they, you know, they didn't suffer. So that's, that's you yes. know, one good silver lining you can take out of this. Yes, because um, when you're, when you're but, thinking about it, I was I was really um, it's terrifying to imagine just running out of air. Right. Like that is such a terrifying thought. I would much rather just go immediately. <laughs> just right. just yeah, exactly. not have not have to even think about that. It's like uh, what's creaking yeah, you, you and then I'm dead. Enough time, 
Yeah, you could not have enough time to even think um, if, like, it imploded. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, you'd mu- I'd much rather go that way than, as you said, losing oxygen. Yes. Um, uh, and, and again, like, uh, as we were saying, like, apparently some people knew or had good evidence at the very least that the sub did implode, but we were still left thinking until after the sub, until after the sub would have run out of oxygen that, oh yeah, it actually probably did just implode. Uh, and we, people, some people kind of knew about this already. So it was kind of like, well, you could have said that a long time ago. Uh, it, James Cameron. Okay. So the Navy allegedly knew. Um, and James Cameron said he knew. <laughs> but I think I wonder, I, if he, I, I wonder if he really did or if he's just saying, you know, I know a lot about this type of stuff. So they definitely implode it. You know what I mean? Do you know? You, I, I don't know. Maybe he did actually know or maybe he's just, you know, kind of talking himself up in his expertise. Um, here, I found the thing. Uh, let me look. He said uh, they were on descent. They were at 3,500 meters, heading for the bottom at uh, 3,800 meters. For the sub's electronics to fail and its communication systems to fail and its tracking transponder to fail simultaneously, the sub's gone. We, have, uh, we now have another wreck that's based on, unfortunately, the same principles of not heeding warnings. Um, so apparently, this is another thing about That's what James Cameron had said about it. Sub's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, all this stuff went out at the exact same time. Sub's gone. What are you talking about? Uh, which makes perfect sense. And this is a guy who, yeah. look, we make fun of James Cameron and shit, but he is basically a Titanic oh, he, autist. He, he takes yes. this trip often. Yes. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about in this regard, 100%. Yeah, he's made, he's gone down to the Titanic multiple times. He does it for fun. He's just, he is, he's, I mean, the best way to describe it is, is, is like a Titanic, like that's his special interest. He's a Titanic yeah. autist. Um, but he also, there was also some, uh, some allegations that like the Navy knew that this had happened. Like the like they like they knew this sub was gone, right? The, and yet uh, they still carried on with the whole thing. And that's what actually James Cameron was very upset about was that they they kept going on with the countdowns and shit. And he was like, "This is a charade. What the hell are you doing?" Oh, I didn't know he. So he said this before uh, before we knew. He said this after. He said this when it was verified that the sub was gone. When when that finally came okay. out, he was like. Wait, you guys didn't know this was gone? Oh, I see. Like, like, why did you, why did you think there, there could be a rescue here? That was insane. Mm-hmm. He basically came out afterward and said, like, this, this whole thing, it was insane. This should have never been handled this way. Everybody should have known it was gone immediately. I knew it was gone immediately. Mm-hmm. But it's just... Uh... Yeah, it, it, yeah, it feels a little bit like the like the Dave Chappelle "Where's Jaw" thing. Thinking about James Cameron <laughs> chiming in on it, but honestly, if there's anyone whose take I think is probably valuable on this, it's a guy yeah. who's done it a million times, like James Cameron. Right? Yeah. So it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. You know, man, this is like you know, I don't personally have thalassophobia. 
But man, for people who do, this is like a worse nightmare. Oh situation. yeah, uh, it, it's like <laughs> there's there's some phobias you know uh, out there which you know are obviously there's some phobias which are like fairly obscure. But then there's some where it's like, oh yeah, I don't have that phobia, but I could totally understand having that phobia. You know what I mean? Uh, the ocean is a very scary place. Um, yes. This story claims that James Cameron had warned the OceanGate CEO several times that his craft was not up to it. Oh, interesting. But this is the thing, too. The, this is the thing. I, I, I was seeing a lot of people with the take about the waivers. Now, I do not know if OceanGate's an American company. If, there were, if there's going to be a suit over this, there's definitely going to be a suit over this. I don't know where it would be. I don't know where Ocean Gates Incorporated. I don't know what the what the proper jurisdiction and venue for, for a suit like this would be because I don't know anything about the company. What mm-hmm. I can tell you is if Ocean Gate were an American company, the way that tort law works with regard to waivers and things like that is if for example, if, if, uh, if, I mean I'm sure the answer is yes, but have you ever been to a water park? Yeah. Okay. Did you have to sign a waiver when you went to that water park? Uh I don't. I was actually very young, so I don't remember. Okay, so your parents probably did. Yeah, and probably. Yeah. When, there's a, there was a water park right near where I grew up. We would go to it a few times a year, and every time we went, we had to sign a waiver. And what the waiver is going to protect the company from is shit that's like, if you were being careful, you wouldn't have been hurt. So things mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're running and you fall and you break your arm or whatever, like, that's on right. you. If you slip... Yeah, if you just slip and you fall and you break your arm, maybe you're not running. That's still, they're not going to be held liable for that under that waiver that you right. signed. Let's say you're going down the slide and you tumble weird and break your arm. That's not, again, right. that liability waiver is going to cover them. If you're going down the water slide and the water slide collapses out from under you, <laughs> right. that liability waiver is not going to protect that water park. <laughs> uh-huh, right. And I think that's one of the things about this. Again, it's going to depend a little bit on some of the terminology in the waiver, but but the I would say in a general sense, um, if they had hurt themselves on the sub, if they had messed around with the sub in a way that caused it to fail, they mm-hmm. would probably be the the company would probably be protected from liability. But the sub going into the water, going down farther into the water, and then going to where it's supposed to go, and just imploding. Uh-huh. There's no waving that liability away. You can't. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> so the there's there were a lot of people talking about the waivers and stuff like it's going to cover the company. I, I I don't know. Again, I don't know what the proper jurisdiction for this would be. So I don't know what the laws of that place are. But I can say if this were in the U.S., no, no, the fuck it would not. <laughs> 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 there's no no chance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Gross negligence cannot be waved away like that. It just can't. Right. Um, and if James Cameron is telling the truth that he had personally told the CEO of the company, your ship is not going, your, your boat is not good enough for this. Your boat is right. going to get people killed. Uh, then, and he just ignored that or whatever. Like, unless they can show that they had done a shitload of research and they thought for sure that it wasn't going to be a problem. There's, this is a gross negligence issue. Yeah. Also, like, if, if James Cameron is telling you that, you should probably listen, you know, given who James Cameron is. 
I mean, that's uh, the thing. If James Cameron's telling me how to fix a car, I don't know that James Cameron knows no shit about cars. I'm not listening to that. Right. If James Cameron is telling me, hey, this is what you need for a trip to the Titanic, oh, I'm listening. He's done it, what, right. has he done it 30 times he's been down there? <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> If the dude knows, if the dude knows anything, it's that. It's what you right. need to get to the Titanic. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I, I was just I uh, seeing the waiver stuff just kind of pissed me off a little bit. But seeing the people who were who were like celebrating this event, um, I find that disgusting. Yeah, that was very gross. And again, it's like you know. Uh, just like the countdown timer again, the countdown timer on its own, it, that's fine, you know. Uh, it, but but seeing how like the uh, in tandem, like the reaction to the countdown timer, yeah, uh, that was very gross. Yeah, I thought the coverage of it was bad. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't blame if a news organization truly had no idea of any of these facts mm. around it. I I would find that right. surprising, but if they didn't, then I get the countdown timer thing. Totally. Right, right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, like, that makes sense to do. Uh, they do it when, just like you, I mean, you mentioned mind collapse. They do that with mind collapses, too. Yeah. Um, so, I get it, but, man, the, the people, ugh, the people who were just happy that it happened. Uh, waste of, waste right. of fucking space, man. Terrible, terrible people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, there were other events. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What were you watching for the Russian thing kerfuffle that just occurred over the last few days? What, what were you looking Um, at to keep up with it? Uh, antiwar.com is what I was using to keep up with it. Very good. Very good. I was, I was keeping a close eye on eigenrobots threads actually. Oh, Okay. Because he quote tweets a lot of stuff and like he 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 brings in stuff. I can I can actually Eigen's threads were really good to watch for this because he was he was autistically obsessed with it for the <laughs> couple of days that it was going on. Um, so we should provide some background then. Um, what happened? <laughs> so, okay, so I I had actually I've ne- was not familiar with this uh, paramilitary organization. Uh, um, but uh, the Wagner organization, which is a, a paramilitary firm, it's, it's ostensibly at least a private uh, private company within Russia that works closely with the Russian government. Yes, um, they're, they're like uh, uh, the the organization formerly known as Blackwater. Um, <laughs> yes, which changes its name. Blackwater changes its name something like every couple of years because they get bad press and they just change their name. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so these guys are mercs, um, and essentially, from there, from, from their own words, or well, first off, they staged essentially an attack on the Russian government, uh, sort of, and in, in, what, what's being called a, a, like a 24-hour coup or an invasion. I believe they uh, occupied Rostov in Russia. They did. They went to uh, the, uh, the military headquarters in Rostov, which people were acting like, why would they go to Rostov? Why would they go to Rostov? In several accounts. Um, chimed in concurrently almost pretty much saying Rostov is the command and control and logistics hub for the Ukrainian front. So mm-hmm. the, that's why you go there is because if you, yeah. if you cut that off, the, the Ukrainian front has no support, which yeah. makes sense so, to a certain extent. Right. The, um, 
so uh, this group, the the Wagner, they um, they essentially said that the reason they're doing this is they claim that Russian forces have been mismanaging the war, and that it has caused uh, like Russia had the Russian government has killed some of the forces, the Wagner's forces, yes, which are ostensibly supposed to be fighting on the same side. And they're like, we're uh, not putting up with this anymore. And that that was their claim. Now, obviously, Russia, the Russian government denies this and says this did not happen. Um, yes. And, you know, we, we don't really have an, a clear answer on who is correct here. The, the two sides. Russia is claiming that um, uh, it's a, this was essentially a power move, like a coup. Um, Yes, well, not anymore. Like, it's interesting. Not the way anymore. That, yeah, the way yes. that it, all this is shaking out is very, very odd. Um, Evgeny Prigozhin is the the guy who runs Wagner. He also yes. runs several other organizations, one of which is called, like, the the uh, the uh, Internet Research Agency or Alliance or something like that, which was an organization that was actually indicted in the United States for election meddling after the Mueller investigation. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yes, Evgeny Prigozhin himself is under indictment yeah. in the United, or was under indictment in the United States, or still is. It's kind of unclear. Um, there was a red notice put out for Evgeny Prigozhin uh, by uh, the United States government to Interpol, so that Interpol could go pick him up. And Interpol said, "No, this seems political." <laughs> oh. All this happened, like, last year. Um, Interesting. Interpol was like, no, we're not doing that, because this seems politically motivated. <laughs> yeah, so, I, so I, I've so i heard some other... So I, I know a little bit about this. Apparently, uh, Wagner, apparently the group or, like, the organization is somewhat associated with neo-Nazis. Apparently, or apparently like, allegedly, I should say. Um, like their founder had like SS tattoos on his neck. Or oh, it's a like different that. guy, but yeah, it, it's not it's not Prigozhin. Yeah. It's another it, guy. It's yeah, it's a different guy. It was like the original founder, I think. Yeah, or something, something he has like he has um, lightning bolts uh, tattoos uh, as yeah. if they are um, as if they are collar lapel decoration uh, tattooed on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these guys are at least uh, some in some way associated with the actual neo-Nazis. You know, how many for- people in the forces uh, here are neo-Nazis, you know, we can't say. Uh, but at least to some extent, the organization was founded, apparently, by one. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Uh, uh, you know, um, or there's some involvement that, at, the, at the higher levels of the organization. I I bring that up because the amount of lib- like you know the libtard blue checks uh, who are like oh yeah yeah <laughs> basically saying yeah this is great I can't After- believe these people are fighting for justice <laughs> and you know these guys imagine, these guys have Ukrainian flags in their bio and I don't know if they understand who these people are that they're like championing they don't championing they have no idea because Facebook <laughs> said you're not allowed to talk about Azov being Nazis anymore <laughs> like that's it's it is <laughs> Mind you, these the Wagner. They one of their criticisms of of the Russian government was that they were mismanaging the resources, meaning they were not going hard enough on Ukraine. Yeah, well, there was a there, there were a, Prigozhin had a complaint. He was like, "There's Russian soldiers on the front that don't have ammunition." 
Right. Like, like they, they, like this is an absolute clusterfuck. That's yeah. one of the things. This he's is claiming. not some like moral objection, like conscientious, like objection to like the war in Ukraine no. from them. That's not what this was. So to see all these people with Ukrainian flags in their bio and in their profile, it's like you're just an idiot. Like you're just yes. a useful idiot right now. Just, we should give. We stop. should give a little more background on Prigozhin too. This is a guy who is oh, known yes, for yes. making ridiculous claims publicly. Like this is a mm-hmm. guy who really has no filter at all. Um, he, uh, it, it, I mean, he, he says shit. He just kind of says shit. And he's always kind of been <laughs> yeah. like that. For example, uh, there was, there was a time when, um, it, when he was under indictment in the United States, he had said something along the lines of, um, yeah, we meddled and we'll meddle again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bruh, <laughs> this is what you're under indictment for. Maybe shut up. Like, what are right. you doing? Um, but but yeah, this this is a guy who pops off at the mouth, and he's known to pop off at the mouth in in dramatic ways. So I, I say that to say this: everything he has to say is about as reliable as everything Putin has to say. Right, exactly. So you, we're in a situation we just do not know what really was the motivating reason here. You exactly, know what I mean? exactly. Right. <laughs> so he says he says that there was a rocket attack on one of their camps, and a bunch mm-hmm. of. Uh, Wagner guys were killed as a result of a Russian rocket attack on one of their camps. Uh, yeah, maybe Putin says it didn't happen and they're both liars. Yeah. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, all charges right at this current time, all charges have been dropped. Uh, okay. They, they said the, the indictment aside. Oh, yeah, no, no, the no, Russian no, government no, no, no from the Russian government to, to Prigozhin. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. The Russian government is not prosecuting. Yes. Well, it was interesting how that happened, too. So so he took Rostov, right? And yeah. supposedly, again, this is one of those things I just blew right in my mic. There's a, there's a, okay, so it's, it's questionable how reliable this is, too. But supposedly they got within 200 kilometers of Moscow. They started moving to Moscow from Rostov. And mm-hmm. it was about at that time, that took a little bit, and it was about at that time where news started coming out that, uh, <laughs> the the Belarusian president premier I don't know what his title is um was it Lorshenko uh, Lur, uh, fuck I can't remember uh I'll just pull it up right now uh, Lukashenko that's what it is Mm-hmm. So that's that's about the time that news started breaking that Lukashenko was somehow mediating between uh, Prigozhin and Putin, and that's a, that's a thing that's like what because what does the what does the Belarusian president what does he tell Putin? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. How does he how how does he find himself in that position? Right. It's so weird. So what ended up happening after that was the 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 Russian government dropped all the charges, as you as you pointed out. They they dropped all the charges, and what they've basically decided to do is, uh, Wagner Wagner troops are going to be folded into the regular Russian army. Wagner's basically mm-hmm. being nationalized. It's going away. Um, it's being folded into the actual Russian army, and then. Uh, Prigozhin is basically being exiled to Belarus. Yes, yeah. 
And which, you know, I, I saw some memes that uh, he's probably going to fall out a window in four years accidentally. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. Or something like that. Or he'll take, which, a, yeah. he'll take a sip of a tasty beverage that kills him immediately. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this whole thing was very interesting because when it was popping off, for, on one hand, you know, as I said, you had the really stupid liberals who were who had Ukrainian flags in their bio saying, "Oh yeah, I, I'm you know rooting for this team here now," and they have no clue what who they're rooting for, or because it's like these guys are really really bad people, and you know, especially if you're like on the pro-Ukrainian side of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, these are good dudes. This is the thing. The number of people there was a, there were there were some interesting sort of um, there was some very interesting brain pretzeling happening during this whole thing, um, especially from people on the left with Ukrainian flags in their bios, because their whole their whole thing was like, oh, this is a coup against Putin, and they're gonna this is, finally Putin's gonna go down, and Wagner's gonna take down Putin, and it's like, uh, that seems unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> that's even even early on that seemed unlikely <laughs> right yeah yeah you know my the whole time this was happening and i was seeing that it was like it was the norm mcdonald bit on snl where it's like you know this may strike some viewers as harsh but i believe everyone involved in this story should die yes that's exactly that <laughs> yeah um to to fill out that background i was i wasn't particularly specific but uh, one of the anti-war stories that you shared um, mm-hmm. uh, in, it, it says, uh, this was on Friday, Prigozhin claimed a Russian missile attack on a Wagner, on a Wagner camp had left many victims sharing footage purporting to depict the aftermath of the strike. While the video appears to show the body of one dead soldier and multiple small fires in a wooded area, it includes little direct evidence of an attack. In another post, the Wagner head stated, there are 25,000 of us and we're going to figure out why chaos is happening in the country. Suggesting he would advance mm-hmm. on Rostov, a major city in Ukraine's southwest, and uh, I'm sorry, in, in Russia's southwest, he argued his actions did not amount to a military coup. Instead, describing it as more of a march for justice. His whole justification for going to Rostov was like, we need to look at the fucking documents in that building and figure out what the hell is going on. Like that. That seems to have been his position. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. 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 And that was one of the things that he said when he released another video uh, after they had taken Rostov. He was he was like, yeah, this is he was the documents. Or he didn't say doc- he said something that, that sort of implied that they had found documents that were sort of explaining why this whole thing was being so poorly led. Now, there's a there's an undercurrent of. Um, there's factionalism in the Russian government or in, is in any government, but. Mm-hmm. There was there's one guy in particular whose name I've now forgotten. Um uh, I can't find it. I can't find it, but there's uh there's one guy who Prigozhin supposedly hates. In the leadership of the Russian military. Mm. And there's a theory that like this was all like a like a, a, a way to get him ousted. Oh, okay. But that's again, that, that's 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 just a theory, a game theory. Like I don't I don't mm-hmm. nobody really knows. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, anyway. some videos I was seeing were pretty wild, though, like some uh, like helicopters being attacked and stuff like that. Like it was, it was yes. pretty wild. They supposedly shot down some helicopters. They also well, the thing that interested me. Did you see the video where they were leaving Rostov? Those videos that uh, were going around from when uh, Wagner was leaving Rostov. I don't think I saw those. No. The the the, the there were like civilians. The just the people were. Like, really happy about them existing. Oh, about them being there? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And people were very happy to see Prigozhin. And, like, it's not, it wasn't the kind of thing where it looked like they were happy to see them leave. It was the kind of thing where it was like they were happy they like them. You know what I mean? Mmm. Like, the Wagner guys have support among the population in a weird way. Oh, interesting. I don't want to read too much into it, but it's one of those things that makes me think like, well, is that why maybe is that maybe why Russia decided not to hang Prigozhin from the fucking from the fucking roof of the Kremlin is because people like this guy, like the public likes this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, they didn't want to martyr him, obviously, if if he has like a lot of public support. So it's better just to seem like, you know, there is an. Uh, you know, an amicable uh, like disagreement and then separation type thing, and they're like, "All right, well, you, we won't prosecute you." It's just such a weird thing, man. I, I don't want to read too yeah. much into it, but it, that seems yeah, likely, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's very likely. If if it's true that you know they have a lot of popular support, that would make much more sense. Like why they're not prosecuting, at least in my mind. There might be other reasons that you know we obviously don't know about. But I'm sure that is probably one of them. One of the other things that freaks me out about this, not freaks me out, but it, it's, it's very strange, is, again, Lukashenko being involved? Why yeah, was yeah. Lukashenko involved in this at all? Right. What does he have to say to Putin? You know what I mean? Like, what is he... Yep, yep. Who is he to tell Putin anything? Right. <laughs> that just seems so weird to me. Yeah. But in any case, yeah, uh 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 Lukashenko somehow got a deal between uh Russia and between Putin and Prigozhin in particular, the the guys. Yeah. Like this wasn't like a like it was a weird back channel thing to the guys themselves. Yeah. And it says uh Prigozhin was offered an advantageous and acceptable option for resolving this situation. Um but they didn't like elaborate any further than that. I wonder if Lukashenko just offered basically Putin support and just said, "Look, you're you're using Belarusian troops in Ukraine. We'll just turn around and fight Wagner for you." Yeah, no problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Wagner, look, it's a it's a paramilitary corporation, but they don't they don't really have like like they they're not going to go up against state militaries and and survive it. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no. No, yeah. There's not big enough, right? Right. I, I, I don't think so, no, yeah. It's so weird. Um, yeah, Progression said, uh, on June 23rd, we went on a march of justice in a day. We advanced on Moscow just 200 kilometers short, and during this time, we did not shed a single drop of blood uh, of our fighters. Yeah. That's so weird. 
Yeah. It was very um, strange to, like, see this kind of, like, uh, blossom up out of nowhere and then just go away within a day. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was right. a, a full, like, 24-hour news cycle, and then it ended as a kind of, like, before it started. Um, it's very interesting. Yes. Well, that's that's one of the things that's frustrating about this is that... <clears throat> sorry. You have a... You have a situation where this whole thing is so politically charged just in the West, especially in the U.S., where mm-hmm. um, you have people... You you cannot trust information from anyone. No. In the yeah, U.S. No, no. If you're just trying to find it, like, there's people who hang out in the Telegram chats and stuff, but they'll come away with totally different uh, reads on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And yep. and it's all tied to their politics. Like, people on the left were just like, yeah, Wagner's gonna coup, and it's gonna be awesome, and all this other stuff. Right. And, and there were other people who were just like, no, that's absolutely not what's happening here. And it's insane if you think right. that is what's happening here. That was what one of the things actually Kim.com came out came out of this whole thing looking pretty good. He sat in a Twitter space and told everyone there they were fucking stupid for thinking that this was an actual coup d'etat. <laughs> uh-huh. And they're just they they shit all over him and then uh, yeah, he comes it, of course it wasn't. He was right. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It was just weird to see, like, uh, like just, like, so much happened and then nothing. Nothing at all. It went away almost immediately. It went away as fast as it happened. Yeah. And, and part of that, I think, is that <clears throat> we're just not, we are not familiar. I mean, n- not just you and me, but we in the West are not familiar with the factionalism in the mm. Russian government, and especially in the right. military structure. Like we can yeah. guess, we can we can read books and stuff about like the American military and and oh this this general hated this general and so they fought for there's a lot of that about World War Two right where you have people mm-hmm. who wanted to use the bomb people who didn't want to use the bomb and they fought and they disagreed and they and and you know what I mean like the, the, you can read about all that stuff and know about it in U S history and you can kind of apply it to things that exist now, um, but we don't have anything like that for the Russian government as it stands. Yeah, no, it's it's we're very in the dark as far as like who is telling the truth, if anyone, uh, sort of thing, right? Uh, we just we just don't know. And anytime anyone tries to say anything about that, like on on Twitter or whatever, um, anytime anyone tries to have a take, I always come away from it thinking like, yeah, but what's like the political advantage to you for telling me this? Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's like obviously, you know, as I was saying, like the, all the liberals who are like championing this, it's like they just hate Putin, right? They just hate him. Yeah. And anyone who opposes him is their friend, even if the people who oppose him are just evil as well. Uh, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's it's sort of like that. It's like, well, I just can't, I can't trust your takes on this because I, I know you have such a strong bias. Uh, yeah, it's very wild. Um, I did want to say this actually broke about like in less than an hour ago or about an hour ago. Um, from the Telegraph, this is reporting from the Telegraph. According to UK security forces, that uh, um, that is apparently Russian intelligence agents threatened to harm the families of Wagner Group leaders before uh, Prigozhin called off his advance on Moscow. Yeah, this seems like it seems like the kind of thing where it's just like you give the guy a call and it's like you don't know what you're doing. Stop. Right. This is not going to mm-hmm. go well for you. Yeah. 
Again, we don't know if that's true, but I would not be surprised in the least if it was. Oh, you know? it, sounds, so, it sounds exactly yeah. right. I mean, this is one of the things, too. <clears throat> there was somebody who said, like, this smells like the CIA, like when Progosian turned around and started marching on Rostov. Um, they were just like, this smells like the CIA. And I'm, I am, I'll, I'll be honest, <clears throat> I am partial to the it's the CIA explanation. Anytime anything weird right. happens geopolitically, <laughs> I'm, right. I, I'm, I'm a fan of that explanation. But I, I don't think it's obvious here. It's possible, but I don't think this is one of those situations where it's like, oh, this was definitely CIA. Because you have a guy who, this is a guy who pops off at the best of times. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, like, he could just be a nut on his own. He doesn't need the CIA to make him more of a nut. He's kind of already a nut. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the CIA thing, right, it's like, you know, yes, the CIA is, like, hungry for power, and they're going to, you know, leverage themselves in any way they can geopolitically. That's true. And so, you know, you should never lose sight of that. But it's also true that sometimes people are autonomous actors, and they're just like the CIA in the sense that they are trying to use their power to leverage things geopolitically as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because these types of things happen, it's not always the CIA. Sometimes they are, like, autonomous. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, it's a lot like some of the, you know, we, we, we've talked about in the past, we've talked about like different color revolutions and stuff like that. And, and the idea that the CIA kicks off a lot of those, but some of them are natural. There, there are, there are some of those that are totally natural. There are, there are, there are citizens uprisings that occur where Victoria Newland's not there handing out cookies, you know? (laughs) Right, right. But that's just something I, I just found this. I, I, it's a confusing turn of events in part because I don't trust anyone's takes on this. Right. Exactly. I mean, anti-war, anti-war.com looking at these, at these articles that you shared, anti-war.com was pretty much just reporting the facts as they, as they were right. There was no, there's not yeah. a whole lot of speculation about like, well, why is he doing right. this? And that's totally fine and, and believable. Yeah. But it's when somebody starts saying, like, well, this is what Prigozhin thinks about this thing over here. And I'm just like, how do you know that? Yeah, this is what they really did behind the scenes. Right. Like, yeah, okay. How? How do you know that? <laughs> I, I just, I'm... I'm wondering, too, if part of it is because this is just... An, this is what an oligarchy is. Like, right. yeah. factional bullshit... Right. From rich guys who all think they run things. Yeah. I, you know, on the to- also on the topic of just not having the knowledge, I'm at the point where it's like, I am completely at peace knowing that I'm not going to know. Yeah. So it, it's just fine to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd be interested to hear the answers to what, you know, what really happened and what really went down, but I have no expectation that I'm going to get those answers. So I'm just like, yeah, this is what it seemed to be. So, Yeah. <laughs> even even some of the maps and stuff that come out of some of the telegram groups and stuff I'm just like ah, you know how easy it would be to just spin up a telegram group and start sending disinfo to people on Twitter like that would be the easiest thing on the planet like I, I is, there's nothing that, that comes out of this stuff that's trustworthy to me yeah no so it's it's I just I, I find myself in a position where it's just like I'm I'm just trying to piece this shit together and just at least know yeah. what the actual facts are. 
even if even if the or motivations like, do what? or at least like even if, just as they're presented in the most non in the most non right you're right like if, if you can just like piece things together to say okay well this seems to be what happened but we don't really understand the motivation behind it right uh, even being that is you know it's like well that's something at least <laughs> we are it's right on time we're 52 minutes into the recording and you're starting to break up a little bit <laughs> oh all right hold on one second all right okay all right there we go there it should be smoothed out a little bit um so what was your while well, you were I didn't know Will Porter wrote this piece. That's good. Um Yeah. Oh yeah. What what were you what were you thinking while this whole thing was going down? So I didn't learn like the most of the story until later on. Um to be honest, I have kind of like checked out is the wrong word to use. I have kind of like taken a backseat to like a lot of these like geopolitical things. Like I, I'm interested in them, and this was certainly one of the more interesting developments um, that I, I can think of. Uh, but it was like, oh wow, uh, this is a uh, uh, this is quite interesting. Yeah, um, the whole time. But I didn't really have enough like information to like have fully formed thoughts on it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, I, I just kind of like I, I was interested the whole time. I was just interested to see where it would go. Um, while I was watching. That was kind of my thing. I was I was trying to keep updated on it because it, it seemed like the kind of thing that could be that could totally fizzle out or mm-hmm. it could be a big fucking deal and there's really no way to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when something like this first right. starts. I also, I saw someone uh, made a, <laughs> a really funny and cheeky comment that, you know, um, uh, this group got off easier than the January 6th protesters did. Actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, totally. Uh, yeah. The basically, like the, end, yeah. they just got folded in as, as Russian regulars, and it was supposedly like yeah. got, like only Wagner troops who didn't um, who didn't take part in the thing. But it's like, how are you going to filter that out? Right. Yeah. That just seems kind of hard to do logistically. Yeah, and this was actually like an armed occupation of like Russian territory uh, by a, yeah. a mercenary group. So it's like it's interesting that you know, obviously you know different governments, but it's interesting that you know uh, the American government, the ostensible land of the free, right, uh, punishes the um, you know uh, the January six protesters harsher than the. Uh, than the um, Russian government did to the mercenary group. And, you know, there's there's obvious, you know, political reasons why that happened. Sure. But, um, but you know, it, it's still a funny thing to point out. It is. It, that is... That is <laughs> God damn it. No, it absolutely is. Uh, I just can't... I, it's so weird to the way that... And, you know, you, you pointed this out. The way that, like, the left was responding to this... Mm-hmm. Because there was that, that I mean, the, any coverage of Prigozhin before, especially from left-leaning outlets, was that he was a dangerous, unstable, asshole, nutcase, who interfered with American elections and all this other stuff. And right. I, I happen to actually think most of that's true. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But oh, yeah. as soon as this started happening, all of the Ukraine flag accounts were just like, Go Prigozhin! He's our guy! <laughs> Right, yeah. It's like, honestly, this type of, like, mentality just reeks of desperation to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, where it's like, you you hate a person so much that you're willing to side with someone that you view as less bad, uh, even by a little bit, 
It's it's an interesting idea. Uh, you know, it's very much like, oh well, you know, Stalin's our guy because he opposes Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know? Exactly. It's 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 exactly the same outlook. And in that it changes over time is what's particularly funny to me. Yeah. Because right. it's like, as soon as he does the thing that you think is good thing, then, then now you're his biggest fan. Right. Now you love him. I, I just, I can't. And also, who, who is believing the shit? This is the thing, too. Who is believing the shit that comes out of this war? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, who is believing anything that comes out of this? Because I fucking yeah. don't, man. Like, there's no the reliable sources. Like, it's one of the reasons I've kind of almost checked out of this whole thing is just because it's like, I, I have no way of actually discerning what is an actual factual statement about this. Do you know right. what I mean? Uh, like, I, I love antiwar.com, but only they only have so much information as well. So they can only, like, report on, you know, they, they can only aggregate what's out there and report on it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But it, it's, it's like, at, at a certain point, we just, we just really do not know. Uh, and, this, again, this is one of the more politicized, I think, wars uh, in, in recent memory. Uh, so, you know, you just, you don't know. You just do not have, like, all, you know, all the facts out there. And the number of people who were claiming, like, some of these videos are AI and stuff, like, I, I saw some of those and I was like, eh, no, no, this is a real video of the real guy. Like, this is pretty clear. Um, but it did get me thinking, we're just like, uh, but this would be the perfect place to use something like that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. This would be, this would be, like, the A-plus number one way to use some of these AI yeah. systems. Oh, Yeah. Especially if you're trying to spread disinfo in the West, nobody in the rest in the West knows what Russian sounds like when it's not filtered through an A for through an AI. So what's the right. difference going to be if you have AI generated Russian speech going into these telegram groups that are full of Westerners who think they're getting info? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. just doesn't. Ugh. Most people are not going to take the time to verify, and most people would not even like have the knowledge or resources to like know how to verify. <laughs> so right, it's uh, yeah, it, it's very easy to spread disinformation uh, over the internet because most people will just like you know it's the same type of deal where most people will just read the headline and just go off of that altogether. Yeah, um, it, it's that just applied to most things, um, most information that's presented to people. Um, you know, the whole idea of the, you know, first impressions matter. And that's why headlines are clickbaity is because, well, most people just vibe off the first impression they get, which is the headline yeah. or the first thing they see. And then they just run with it. Yeah, I, I, I just. Also, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go for it. Go for it. I was going to ask, so, you know, it's it's fun to, like, you know, shit all over Twitter, and there's many things to, like, shit over it for, um, but the community notes feature is hilarious. Oh, it's so good. It is so funny, so great. Uh, it's, so, there it's one of the best features of, uh, like, a social media company that I've seen. Oh, yeah. The, the community notes. People who get people who just get you just get dragged by community notes, and it is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, the community notes, you know, fact checking in general is always like a touchy subject because you know who fact checks the fact checkers type thing, right? Yep. Um, but I've seen from the community notes I've seen, they've been very fair. Um, 
Oh, yeah. At least in my experience. Yeah. I've um, seen stuff that's, like, well-sourced, especially stuff that sources back to official documentation. Like, yeah. it's really, really well-sourced stuff. Yeah. Or just calling out, like, fake videos or videos some people will use to, like, spread misinformation. And someone will be like, actually, this video is four years old at this, this, and this place. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's very funny. It's just hilarious to watch now that, you know, because, you know, before, you know, you could just, like, make up whatever bullshit you wanted, and then people would just run off believing it, and now it's like, oh, no, this is right here, and now this person now now this person just looks like a fool, right? So yep. it's, it's very funny to see. Man. I'm trying to look through some of this stuff, and it's just, there's nothing that's trustworthy. Yeah. Nothing at all. Oh, man. All right, so... Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, what? how does this... Or does it, even... Does this change sort of the way that you think about... The... Actual war in Ukraine at all? Um... I, I guess, like, in what way do you mean? Like, um, do you mean, like, the... Um, or, yeah, I, I guess I'm just asking for more specifics. Well, because I've generally been of the mind, just looking at some of the stuff and, and looking at some of the people who share information about mm-hmm. this conflict. Um, oh. Like, looking at, looking at some of the... I've always been under the impression that the Russians were really actually very well positioned, and this this whole thing is is... It's not the blowout on the Ukrainian side that people were were trying have been trying to characterize it as for now the entire time it's been going on. Like people have been trying to say that Ukraine is blowing Russia out <clears throat> for the entirety of the conflict. Right. I've seen a lot yeah, of people I, I, who are very politically motivated to say that Ukraine is winning, Ukraine is winning, Ukraine is winning. Yeah. And I'm like I, I I've never believed that because it seemed so no. It seemed so Ukraine flag and bio to to like the people who were saying it were not reliable. But, right, it's more of a hope than a description. Right, but now that a paramilitary group turned around and took uh, a Russian military headquarters with no pushback, and like I, I'm now I'm thinking like oh maybe the Russians really are kind of sucking it up like maybe maybe they <laughs> actually can't yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing that, you know, and these are two governments, so obviously it's not a perfect uh, analogy, but, you know, never underestimate a government to, like, screw up management of, like, you know, of resources. Oh, yeah. Like, if you told me, you know, if you told me that, you know, the Russian government was mismanaging their own military resources, I would not be shocked. Oh, I (laughs) don't doubt Prigozhin when he says that the Russians that are actually being sent out aren't aren't well equipped. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. I, I think, like, I do think Ukraine probably is losing. I don't think they're losing, though, to the extent that certain people who are maybe more favorable to the Russian side say. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but, I, yeah, so I, I think I think both both sides are wrong here, where it's like, I don't think Ukraine is winning. I don't think Russia is beating them as strongly and as decisively as people kind of thought. Um, yeah. I think both of them are true. That makes perfect sense, because I was, <clears throat> like I said, the kinds of people in the ki- in the way that they were saying that Ukraine's winning, Ukraine's winning, it just, it came off as desperate to me. It came off as right. like, nah, there's yeah. no way that's the case, because you wouldn't be saying it like this if it were. 
<laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I was always under the impression that Russia was actually doing pretty well. But after seeing mm-hmm. this, it's just like, um, you know what? This, is, this could just be two retards fighting. Like, it, it, right. it yeah, kind of exactly. seems like yes. that. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, that, that's my impression. <laughs> it, it just, it, it comes off that way, especially now. It just comes off like, this is two retards fighting. There's nothing, there's, there's no right. competence on either side of this thing. Yeah, I, I like because I know that some people during the war, like uh, when the war started, were like, "Oh well, obviously Russia's going to win because they're bigger." Uh, but I, I think you know you and you know this isn't a perfect analogy; it's not one to one, so I don't mean to make it seem like that. But people forget, you know, the United States and get and Afghanistan also happened, and a yes. lot of time, you know, because you're a bigger military does not mean you're going to win uh, the fight. It, right, that is not that is you know sometimes that that is absolutely true. Not always. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Ukraine is winning. I'm just saying that never underestimate the bigger force, the more, you know, the force more expected to win to like fuck up and make themselves, uh, it may make it either they lose or it's harder for them due to their own fuck up. Right. Um, those are, you know, that's happened historically many, many times. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's, you know, that, that should always be remembered. That's true. That's absolutely true. Um, speaking of that though. There was something that happened recently that led to a bit of a kerfuffle, and that was, um, and, 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 and again, another reason that I think Ukraine is on, has been on the back foot this whole time, mm-hmm. yeah. and that yeah. is, they just went to full conscription. Yes, I'm, gl- yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, yeah, I saw that uh, a couple days ago, and uh, man, I, I don't want to derail it into like discourse over conscription if that's not where you were taking it. But oh no! I'm, I'm happy I to talk about not, that. I'm happy to talk about. That. <laughs> I cannot stand uh, people's willingness to just think that this is just okay and yeah. well. Well, it's you know, it's desperate times, desperate measures, all, all this garbage. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just like when when people talk like this, it is totally understandable to me how people could have like been okay with slavery. You know oh, yes. what I mean? Yeah. It makes perfect sense about it. Because sometimes people look back and they think, how could anyone have ever, uh, like, you know, thought slavery was okay? And it's like, most people today, uh, if you can convince that, like, yeah, slavery, we under- all understand slavery is bad now uh, because, you know, it's obviously been culturally demonized as it should be, right? Yes. Uh, but that's just because we're living in the after effects of that demonization. Um, uh, back then, like people are much more comfortable to criticize things in the past because they have no personal connection to it. Right. And it likely won't harm by criticizing it. It likely won't harm like their social groups because they're the, they're also living in the present, not the past. So like, it's very easy to call out social ills of the past. Extremely easy. Yeah. Uh, When you talk about, Hey, the current society you're living in. Uh, it's also committing very immoral actions. People are like, oh, well, you know, they, they may like say, it, you know, they, they may, you know, be able to understand that in the terms of like political tribe lenses where it's like, oh, yeah, those guys over there are doing bad stuff. You know, that political group we don't like right now. They're doing a lot of bad stuff. But my group is, you know, clean, you know. Right. Uh, it's 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 always that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, the, the whole conscription thing it, it infuriates me. It, it is absolutely slavery. Uh, and the fact that people are so willing to defend it just is is very aggravating. Who was it? Um, was it was it Dylan who who had initially tweeted yeah. uh, out that 
like uh, that it was an announcement that basically amounts to if you're a military age male in Ukraine, you're in the military now. Like that's that's what you are. Yeah. And he 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 had tweeted that out with you know something on the lines of like this is a slave state or something like that. Um, yeah. And it, immediately so, people started pushing back against it. I saw a bunch of people saying, "Well, a lot of countries do that." Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of countries do a lot of horrible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, that. that's not a justification. Like, I'm sorry, that is one of the worst, that's always been one of the worst, like, justifications. Well, uh, those other people are doing it, too. Some, somebody had asked him, somebody had told him, like, this is just a draft, just like the U.S. has. Uh, how can you say this is bad when the U.S. has it? And he goes, easy. The, it's bad when the U.S. does it, too. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, this isn't hard. My favorite thing about being an anarchist is I have to go through mental gymnastics to oh, justify yeah. things. And oh, I yeah. can just say, no, yeah, that thing is bad too. I mean, it's always funny because people always try to catch you in, oh, well, oh, yo, so you think this thing this country is doing is bad? Well, what if it's your country, man? What if they're doing it in your country? It's like, yeah, that that's evil too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to. I don't have to make. I feel no. I feel no need to justify it. I, I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to try to justify when when it's done by the U.S. because I think it's bad. Right, and you know the the, the common arguments against the, you know the draft being slavery or you know, like conscription. It, it's always that well you're paid. It's like okay, so. Um, I, I want I want to make it clear that many slaves in you know the antebellum South. Uh, were paid. They were paid measly, measly amount. But they were paid, and at the very least, they were paid in the sense of room and board, right? Right. Uh, and, and things like that, uh, at the very least. So, the fact that you're paid doesn't mean you're not... Like, imagine, just imagine that, like, okay, you were, um, you were paid, like, if, if someone forced you to work for them, but, but, at the end of, like, a few years, they gave you payment for that work but it's obviously much below market standard right uh, sure market averages obviously because you were a slave uh it wouldn't mean you're retroactively not a slave because you then get paid uh afterwards <laughs> it's just silly it's a silly justification it's 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 also nonsense because even if we do assume let's just say that 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 mm-hmm. slaves in in that in American slavery, slaves were totally unpaid, which, fine, we can make that assumption. Yeah. That's not the definition of slavery the world over for all of history. Like, if, you're right. only, if your only understanding of slavery conceptually is the way that it was done in the United States, like, during the colonial period, <laughs> you're not understanding slavery conceptually. Yes. Slavery... Yeah, this has been... Shadow American yeah. chattel slavery is a form of slavery. It isn't the sum total of all of the slavery that's subset. ever happened. Yes. Yeah. The, the, I have this. I, I run into this problem all the time when I'm talking to people, and you say that something is slavery, and when you say that, they immediately think of some historical time and not a concept, uh, right? Because they're so I, people are so trained to think of oh, slavery was an event that happened. Right. And it's not that they're wrong completely. Slavery was an event that did happen, um, but it's not only an event. It's a concept first that then becomes actualized over the course of history. Uh, 
it's you know it's not just an event this manifestation of slavery yes it this you know you even if we assume they didn't get paid that is one manifestation of slavery but that doesn't mean as you said that it is the only totalizing exhaustive example of slavery yeah like this is the this is the kind of thing that people don't people think of you're right. They think of it as an event. They think of the the mm-hmm. totality of slavery conceptually as American chattel slavery. And that's it. Yeah. Yes. 100%. That's the only thing that exists. And it's yeah. just it's just incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> but just also, wrong. you know, even if we seeded, even if we were very very willing just to seed the word and just say, "Okay, it's not slavery under that definition." Um the fact that they're still okay with the what's happening to these people, just be, but it's not called slavery, is very concerning as well. Uh, yeah, call it you call know? it forced employment. It's still not okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that doesn't make it it's better. Like, okay, yeah, you're over here, squ- you know, arguing over the semantics here uh, instead of hey, people are being forced at gunpoint to go kill and die, uh, and and you're arguing over the word, like really. It's just, I, I don't, this is one of the things that bothers me the most about this argument, too, is when people start making duty arguments for, oh, yeah. for, for conscription, for slavery. People start mm-hmm. making arguments like, well, well of, of course, you wouldn't want to do your duty for your country because you're, uh, you're whatever pejorative they want to throw in there. You're a fucking liberal right. or a millennial or whatever it is. Of course, you wouldn't want to do your duty for your country. Is it what fucking duty? What do you mean? It's like describe to me the duty that I owe the government of the United States. It's like someone objecting to being raped and then people come along and say, oh, so you're just an antinatalist. You yeah, don't want to just- reproduce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very much like that. I just I can't this, this idea that. You don't owe the fucking government anything, especially at, gov- at gunpoint. Yeah. You don't. Right. You just don't. You can't. Functionally, yeah. you cannot. Yeah. There's no reciprocity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a voluntary interaction. Ugh. It drives yeah. me crazy. I know. Oh, so, uh, like, and also these people who are always like, uh, yeah, just as you said, oh, so, you know, you don't believe in your civic duty to, you know, do what's that, or the, no, no, that freedom isn't free, right? The price of freedom is slavery. Yeah, exactly. The price of freedom is slavery. Yeah. Fucking yeah. insane, dude. Absolutely God. insane. And the, yeah. the thing that, the, the other thing that this actually came up during this conversation, and I can, uh, I can pull it up real quick, but Someone made the World War II argument. <laughs> yes, I saw you respond to this. Um, and this is something that uh, people who listen, I've, I've talked about this before on the show, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it bears repeating. World War II was fought by mostly, uh, the, in, in the American military in World War II, was made up of mostly conscripts. Yep. That's absolutely true. Uh, the majority yeah. of the United States military that fought in World War II were conscripted. Now, there's a question that this should raise in people's minds, which is, why? 
if right. if the if the United States, I mean, World War II was an overwhelmingly popular war. That was a very popular war, and and oh, we yeah. hear we hear stories about people lining up around the block to volunteer. So right. why were there so many conscripts? Right. Well, the answer is very simple, but it's very hard to find. This is something I try. I actually don't blame people for this because it took me a long time to find this out doing a, a mm-hmm. bunch of research on like, cause I, I was confused. Yeah, I, I was like, recently. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was confused. There were so many, there was, there's always so many stories about how popular world war two was, how many people tried to volunteer people lying about their age so they could go fight. Like people really yeah. like this was a really, really popular war. And it didn't make sense to me that that most of the United States military was made up of conscripts. Why would that even be necessary? I understand needing to conscript people for Vietnam. Everyone hated that fucking war. Nobody wanted to be there. Right. But the World War II is a totally different social situation. So it took me a long time of trying to dig through shit, and eventually I found a thing that nobody fucking talks about, and that is, and I've spoken about it before on the show, Executive Order 9279. Signed in December 1942, one year after, almost a year, is a couple days off, after Pearl Harbor. Yep. What this executive order did is it made it illegal to volunteer for the United States military. Now, it's not to say if you went and tried to volunteer that they would handcuff you and take you away. They mm-hmm. just couldn't take volunteers anymore. Your local recruiting office was closed for business. Right. And Why so, was that, Dean? Well, it's because there were too many goddamn volunteers. <laughs> the military logistics they, they could not handle the influx of volunteers during that first year after Pearl Harbor and so what they basically said was they said okay we have two problems we have too many volunteers and we can't logistically train them all and get them shipped over and get all this stuff done there's too many guys second problem is too many people are signing up for the military our workforce is collapsing right the economy yeah yes there is no one in the workforce our economy is going to collapse and so we have to slow this down. <laughs> we have to really slow this down. And right. so the way that they elected to do that was to go conscription only. Your draft card got pulled and it was okay. Come, okay, now's your turn. You want to be here anyway. Now's your turn. Um, now, right. I'm sure there were some of those guys who were conscious objectors and didn't want to be there. It's not to ignore their existence, but it wasn't the majority. <laughs> um, right. So they, so that whole, they, they needed to meter new recruits and they chose to do that by just calling up people when they needed more guys or had more room for them. Um, Mm -hmm. that they were able to slow that down. They were able to slow down recruit recruitment so that the, uh, economy didn't collapse. And so the military could actually get these guys, guys trained, outfitted and shipped over to the front, um, or wherever they needed to be too many recruits was the problem in World War II, and that is why we went conscription only. The United States went, went conscription only during that war. Um, yeah, and people believe the exact opposite. People believe, well, yes. we, we, needed, we just needed more people uh, in the army. We need more of them. That was actually the point of the person that I responded to when, when, who mm-hmm. was in your mentions, um, or in Dylan's mentions about this, was um, this chick who said, really, last I checked, allies won the war in the fascist loss. Do you think that would have been possible with volunteers alone? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it would have been possible with volunteers alone. 
In fact, we, we, we started using conscripts alone because there were too many volunteers alone. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's an interesting part of history that I had never uh, known about until recently. Until nobody like, talks about it. And I think nobody yeah. talks about it because it makes conscription look good. Right. It makes conscription look really good to have it be like, well, the, the majority of the United States military in World War II was conscripted. Yeah, absolutely. And they did a wonderful job. But um, they didn't have to be conscripted. Right. And that's the thing yeah. that nobody it, mentions. Right. It's also one of these interesting cases where it's like, okay, um, on, on, in both areas, either, you know, if, if, you, if your like, home was being attacked, uh, would you fight for it? And the, the answer is always very telling. It's like, okay, either you would, in which case, the co- being coerced to fight would make no difference because you would be doing it anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it would just be like an insult, um, really. And then, um, but then it's like, if you don't fight, why? Why would you not fight? Yeah. And is, is your home worth it to you if you're not going to fight for it? And here's the thing. There are some people who are like very principled pacifists who will say like, no, I would not. Yeah. I would not. I would not kill for anything. Right. And, and, and yeah, at that point, yeah. it's just like, well, it, it would be wrong for me to force you to. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like you're you're that's that is a that is a, a a a philosophy that you are free to have. I think it's dumb, but you're free to have it. <laughs> yeah, and this, this uh, you know, always these arguments always like dovetail somewhat into anarchism. And anarchism is really just the belief um, that other people are not your property. And any argument against anarchism is a, a statement that I should be able to treat you like my property uh, in some form or fashion. Yeah. And that's ultimately all it is. And then you see this explicitly when people talk about in conscription. Um, they believe that other human beings are their own property um, that they get to use and dispose of at their will. Yes, absolutely. And there's no I, I can't I can't think of a greater sort of way to say I own you than to put a gun in your hand right. and tell you to go kill someone. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's not really much more you could do to make that point. Go, like, for me to just yeah. put a gun in your hand and say, go kill somebody or die trying. What? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I saw that come up. That was no, a... Yeah, uh, this one changed the justification of war, but there is something extra insulting about like the war when leaders don't fight their own wars. You know what I mean? At least in medieval periods, you could say, "Oh yeah, there are some kings who do go out and fight." Uh, you know, their their battles on the battlefield. Yes. Not all of them, obviously, uh, but there they, that was at least a historical. That was a, a real thing in history. Yes. Um, nowadays, it's like the people sending you to go to kill, die, and be maimed or come back completely, you know, psychologically broken. They get to sit in their comfy little, uh, you know, penthouses and you know, uh, Congress buildings. And just, you know, uh, dictate to you what you have to do and how much you have to suffer. And they never get a experience a lick of suffering yes. uh, that they're sending endure. So there is, you know, again, that I, even if they did fight, that wouldn't change the justification of their actions. But it, it, it would be a little less insulting. <laughs> you know it what I mean? Be. I mean, there's there's always something sort of uh, not just not just, you know, as far as the story goes, like romantic about about the king or the general right. that leads from the front. But also something honorable about it, where it's like you're putting yourself at risk, too. Every one of these guys is putting themselves at risk under your leadership, 
and you're putting yourself at risk too, and that's an honorable thing to do. Right. Um, those days are fucking gone, man. There's not a general or a king on the planet oh, yeah. that leads from the front anymore. No. no. N- if, if it ever really was that much, which, I, of course, there are right. examples it, of it, but it didn't happen often. Right, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's been very, like, romanticized, right? It, it's, it did not happen as right. much as people, like, think it did, but it still did happen. Yeah. And I, I think just, at least even conceptually, it is a little less insulting than, you know, the people, all these, you know, people who just sit in their, you know, comfy little things and go tell other little, you know, grunts to go and kill and die. Yeah, it was um, the bean counting of war. This is a thing that, yeah. um, that, uh, um gets talked about a lot in, like, hardcore history when he talks about uh, the war on the Ost front has a lot of this. The, um, the, uh, supernova in the East has a lot of this, where you have a, we have wars now that are led by bean counters, and, like, the human cost yeah. is not even, doesn't even enter the picture. Right. Because the, the bean counters don't give a shit. They're not gonna see, they're not gonna see the dead. They don't care. Right. They're not, they're not incentivized to care. Because if they fuck yeah, up, it's not funny. them. Yeah, how many inputs do we need to add to get the right output? That's all that that's all that matters to them. Exactly. Exactly. So that was something that came up. I, I, I did want to find um the uh I navigated away from it. Here we go. Um the the announcement uh all males over eighteen who have not yet received a military summons must report it to the recruitment office within ten days, even if medically unfit. So that is, it is full conscription. If you are a military-age male, go to the recruitment office and get your rifle. Yeah, even if medically unfit is very telling. Now, maybe they won't, maybe it's going to the office, maybe they won't actually be deployed if they're medically, if they are actually medically unfit. But the fact that they're even acknowledging that, hey, yeah, even if you are, like, medically unfit, you need, you need to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, uh... Man, that's just disgusting. Yeah, it yeah. really is. And again, anyone, I, I don't care about anyone's like, uh, you know, seething and coping. Uh, any state that does this is a slave state. Like, I, I don't care, like, how mad people get when you say that. It is th- just the truth. Um, let's look. Uh, oh, there was a clarification. This degree is specifically for Oblon Kiev, one of the main districts of the city. Uh, this is essentially a mirror image of the decree that was announced earlier this week for the entire region of, of Ivano-Frankovsk. So the idea is um, Ukraine is doing full mobilization region by region and district by district. So these, mm, these okay. announcements are going out district by district and basically like, okay, fully mobilizing you, fully mobilizing you. How much you want to mm-hmm. bet they're starting in the poorest fucking areas? Oh, you know they are. You know it. That's always how it happens. For sure. For it's sure. always how recruitment happens. God, it's so ugh. Mm-hmm. This is—I I mean, we've we've talked about it a little bit before, but this is some of the worst shit that the U, that the U that should be on the U.S.'s conscience. Because this is a yeah. this is this is a this this whole war is a direct result of the United States' foreign policy actions yeah. in Ukraine in 2014. And their refusal to try to negotiate a peace deal is damning. Yeah. Yeah. This is this this you know, that's the thing too is even if you're 100% right even if even if all of this didn't come down to the US the US's foreign policy actions in in 
Ukraine in 2014, even if all this didn't start there, the United States still mm-hmm. has had multiple opportunities to help broker a peace and has chosen not to. Instead, yeah. it's chosen to feed into this weird uh, fucking using basically Ukraine to fight a proxy war against Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It's 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 very sickening. And obviously, you know, I, I, I also want to be clear. Uh, obviously, you know, the Russian citizens, the Russian people, they have the absolute right to defend themselves or sorry, the uh, well, both. But the Ukrainian citizens have the right to defend themselves from Russian invasion and the yes. Russian citizens have the right to defend themselves from from Ukrainian invasion. Yes. Both those things are true. Um, uh, so j- just because both sides are in an actual conflict, the, the fact that the U S is using this to their advantage in some sense, I think is also true. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really sickening like across the board and uh, you know, the, the whole, like, you know, a, you know, Zelensky or whatever, like how, how I, I just, this is also the part that's always the most like insulting to me right i've talked about this before about like how you have these warmongers who go on like primetime news stations right they go on these primetime news stations and they're all just you know uh very jovial and uh, you know the newscaster or whatever is just talking to them like they're just like you know a decent human being or whatever uh, yeah. but in reality they're you know a, a blood-soaked monster they're a mass murderer uh and it's always so weird to me, the resistance to, like, libertarianism that happens. But there's never, very rarely ever a resistance to people who actually, by by most people's standards, should be in prison. Yeah. If they can apply their principles consistently, anyway. You know, like, um, these people, like, you know, all these leaders who are literally enslaving their population to go fight and die are just going to be come out of this looking like, oh, you did such a brave, honorable thing defending your country. Yep. You know, uh, yada, 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 whatever bullshit yeah. uh, is, is going to be spewed. Uh, and, and, you know, you're going to have all these uh, these liberals just like cheering it on. Uh, it's, it's disgusting. I, I It's. <sighs> and people just people just go along with it because they're, they don't fucking think. They don't think. Yeah. Because yeah. the news told them Zelensky's a hero, right? And so their 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 position is that Zelensky's a hero. They they can't <clears throat> just like it's just like with Azov. It's just like what happened with Azov, yeah. where for years and years they're Nazi radicals, and then for as soon as the war breaks out with Russia, Azov's a bunch of fucking heroes. Yep, I, I just don't. I, uh... And the the number of images <laughs> that came out from like news footage, even if like Vice had news footage of Ukrainian soldiers and stuff all lined up or whatever, the number of them that had fucking Nazi patches and shit on. And, you like, remember the UN's Women Day tweet? Yes, I do. Soldiers. Oh my god, <laughs> I do remember that. I don't remember the patch she had. But it was a, it was, it was a, uh, a throwback. It was the Black Sun, wasn't it? Or the, uh, it, what's it oh, called? Oh, it might have been. The Sonnenrad. It, it might have been. Yeah. It might have been. I can't remember now. That sounds right, though. Yeah. But yeah. It's just, uh But they just, people just believe what they want to believe. They don't think for themselves. But I do yeah. think, I do think that every fucking, every person in the U.S. government who's involved in this, in the way that this has been handled since 2014, every single one of these deaths is on them. 
oh, Rus- yeah, yeah, Russian they, and they, Ukrainian. Right. They've goaded it on. They've refused to like try to broker some type of peace deal. Uh, and of course, you know, their involvement in 2014, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, all this. Yeah. I don't know how the Ukrainians haven't been calling for Victoria Newland's head. Cause right. she, yeah. this is, this is on her man. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, she's like one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. If you see her in your area, you need to get the fuck out, man. Everywhere she shows up, everywhere yeah. she shows up. It's like six weeks later, it, it, the, the yeah. place goes up. Yeah. And the call, this is the thing too. People, I saw somebody claim that the leaked call with Victoria Newland was Russian disinformation. <laughs> the leaked call where she's talking with, oh, I forget his name now, but she's talking with him about who they're going to have be the president. Yeah. And they're talking about who they're going to install in Ukraine. Uh, it was the guy before Zelensky that they were going to install. And I, people, people just don't, they hear that call and it's like, well, what, what, what does this even mean? What is, what do you, what does this even, what do you, listen to them. They're saying yeah, the, themselves. Yeah, what listen to their words. <laughs> yeah. I saw somebody call that Russian disinformation. I, I am just. Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't incredible. like it. So therefore it's, it's Russian. Uh, that's, that's the, uh. <laughs> The peak of their intellectual thought. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, it must be Russian disinformation. And the number of people who try to point out that this whole thing is the fault of U.S. foreign policy. This entire, this entire, I'm not, look, I'm not saying that Ukraine and Russia would never have come to blows if not for U.S. foreign policy. I'm not saying that. There's always been tension there. It's absolutely possible that, that Ukraine and Russia might have had a shooting war without the U.S.'s influence. Absolutely possible. He's also not saying that Russia is justified either. Some people seem to think that if you say the U.S. is uh, at fault for a lot of this um, due to their past like interventions, people seem to think that you're just running cover for Russia or something. Yeah. Uh, They call you fucking Ivan. Right. If you try to if you try to point out that that a lot of this falls at the feet of U.S. foreign policy in the way that it went down, um, you're right. you're fucking Ivan now. Like what the fuck? It, it's it's like if someone if someone instigates a fight between two neighbors, the the neighbor who threw the first punch is still wrong, but the instigator also shares some moral responsibility. You know, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, too, no, nobody wants to talk about the fact that Zelensky ignored the Minsk Accords. Nobody wants to talk about that shit either. Oh, yeah. No, but no like, there's so much of this that just gets swept under the rug because Russia bad. And it's like, look, I agree right. Russia bad, but can we be a little more realistic? <laughs> like, can we, can we at least collect all the facts? I, I think mm-hmm. even with all the facts, Russia's still bad. You can, you can have all the facts and yeah. still say Russia bad. Yeah, multiple people can be bad at the same time. Yeah, it's, really <laughs> it's <fun. not> hard. <laughs> yeah. They've proven it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's kind of like with the U.S. and Taliban. It's just like I don't, I don't, I don't think that what the United States did in two thousand one, two thousand two to the Taliban was bad because I think the Taliban's good. Taliban bad too, right. but the way yeah. the U.S. Held, dealt with that whole situation also bad. <laughs> right. This isn't this isn't hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's just it's i i hate seeing it because it's so many people are just it's honestly man i don't usually fall back on it i don't usually think it necessarily reveals very much but this truly is npc meme shit where it's like mm-hmm. these are really just unthinking people being told who the bad guys are right yeah you when when people like just repeat media slogans that they heard on the news and they just run with it and they never stop to think hmm maybe this was wrong yeah it, it's very much just like you know you're being programmed and put on autopilot and then there you go right it's just like the end you're off yeah. uh, it's like one of those you know those, those wind up toys you wind them up and then they start walking uh, it's like that yes absolutely it's just like people calling uh, RFK a criminal asset because he's right about NATO expansion being antagonistic right. to Russia on purpose. Yeah, you know, it's like, how dare you put you next to the United States military bases? How dare you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, RFK is a Kremlin agent. The Kremlin doesn't fucking right. need RFK. I don't understand this. Right. Right. <laughs> RFK. RFK is not my first pick for guy I want to be in United States politics to spread this information. Uh, frankly, uh, RFK is the worst pick for that. He's kind of a dummy. So <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't really think he's my first choice. Hmm. Ugh. That was another interesting thing too that happened with that RFK stuff. Did you see that? Um. <sighs> Have you seen the number of libertarians who are throwing in behind him? Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, happens every election season. It does. Yeah, me too. Me too. There have been a lot of people who have been throwing in their lot behind the RFK, especially people on the libertarian side. I would direct you to Google RFK climate change prison. Because this is a guy <laughs> who actively wanted to send people who denied climate change to prison. He wanted to make it a criminal uh, offense. <laughs> um, this is always just reeks of desperation to me from libertarians. And look, I understand libertarians are desperate, but for God's sake, please don't seem like it. Don't act <laughs> like yeah, it. Stop looking yeah. like it. <laughs> stop. I, I beg you, uh, stop throwing yourself at any any political candidate that whispers sweet libertarian talking points into your ear. Not even yeah. libertarian talking points. They can say the the one word. They can just say freedom, and people and, and libertarians will throw themselves immediately uh, during political season to these people. It is. It's like you're getting baited so hard, dude, that it's just it's really embarrassing. I'm getting secondhand embarrassment from people who do this. Yes. Quite frankly, yes. Um, and it's like, look, for example, um, Porkfest is was going on. Um, I, I don't know if it's still going on, but it was going on at the time of this recording. Um, uh, very recently, like yesterday or something. And uh, v- that Vivek Ramaswamy, who we talked about in the episode, he's the whole like, you know, he's the g- guy who's like, yeah, we need to bomb the cartel and bomb <laughs> China or whatever. <laughs> China is the one sending the drug cartels into America or something. Yes. Uh, 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 he he said something which I, I think is very good. He said uh, he would free Ross Ulbricht. And that is a fantastic statement that yes. I, I you know I, I like anyone who knows me knows i've been very you know um promoting ross's like case for a long time um and you know i think it's a tragic injustice one of the worst injustices um like not maybe you know it's up to one of the worst injustices 
sense that it, it was completely like politically motivated and targeted. Um, yes. Well, that was the um, that was the uh, if you remember um, at Chillerberg, that was the the guess the uh, guess the weight of the fruitcake thing. Um, the money you put into that that that, that was for yeah. Ross. Yeah. Well, yeah. All the yeah. So uh, most of the things at Childerberg go to Ross's um, um, fund. Yeah. Um, so that's that's, you know, uh, so, yeah, we're obviously, you know, uh, very big fans of Ross. We obviously both, you know, want him out of prison. But the fact that Vivek Ramaswamy, the guy who was like the drug trade uh, is a, a criminal offense and we need to bomb drug dealers is realistically going to pardon Ross Ulbricht is you're insane. <laughs> Crazy. I'm sorry. But please do not judge. Do not listen to a politician say something and believe them. If a politician is saying the thing you want to hear, they're lying. Yeah, right. <laughs> like if you look, like look, look, look. Or he has political he aspirations. Invited. I don't even know if you can he call showed. the guy a politician, but he has political yeah, aspirations. Mind you, absolutely, mind you. He didn't just say this on the campaign trail or something like that, just randomly. He was at Porkfest. He knew his audience. Of course. He, he, of course he's going to say this at Porkfest. Like, if you compare that to, his, like, all the other things he's said just openly, it's like, hmm, I wonder what is a tailored message specifically for specific people, and what is his actual belief? Yeah. Hmm, I wonder. Uh, you know, when he's just, you know, uh, off the cuff talking about how he's going to literally bomb Mexico and bomb drug cartels and try to go to war with China uh, when he's not prompted to say that for any reason. It's, you know, he says that just all the time when he's like just doing his videos or his podcast or whatever. Uh, but he and he only talks about like actual genuine freedom once he's at Porkfest. Hmm. Curious. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. I can't <laughs> yeah. imagine there just, being a motivation for that. Yeah, right. It, it's just like I, I look, it, vote, vote for whoever you want to vote for. I don't care really but please stop making yourself look so embarrassing because look, it's embarrassing to me you're I embarrassing like, the rest of us i like rfk now in the same way that i liked trump in 2016 he's a vote of no confidence and i can totally right. get behind that really i can as yeah. like supporting someone who is who whose mere existence is a vote of no confidence in the system that okay cool if that's how you want to play that I, I, totally fine I get that, but let's not pretend that he's actually politically aligned with libertarianism in any way. Right. Look, he, he might be anti-war, and that might be the most important mm -hmm. thing for you, and that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But that's not the whole of libertarianism. I, yeah, ex right, exactly. Like, look, look, if you want to vote for a candidate because you think, hey, this guy is the most anti-war candidate out of all of them, I'm not opposed to that. I think that's great. Um, I'm opposed to embarrassing yourself uh, <laughs> by going out and acting like this is our libertarian champion uh, because he talked, uh, he, he gave you, he whispered sweet liberty nothings into your ear once uh, at a libertarian event. Yeah. How curious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, I don't, uh, I don't, get, I do like, I do like RFK as a vote of no confidence, but oh, yeah. let's not, let's not go crazy. This is a guy who wanted to make it a crime to deny, to deny climate change. Right. Like, this is like, not, yeah, this is yeah. not a freedom fighter. Right. And if he said that in the past, you know, what makes you think that, you know, how, this is always the thing with politicians. 
how do you really know their true beliefs? Because they often contradict themselves over and over again. They just lie. Like this is I know this is shocking, Dean, but politicians lie. Can you believe <laughs> I can't I can't. I've never once heard of such a thing. Uh but it's always it's, it's because it's like I don't understand like Again, and I'm not saying all libertarians do this, but there's a specific segment of libertarians who do, who act so desperate. It's like they're, it's like they're, they've been in walking in a desert and they finally find some water, you know, a little drop of water. And it, it's like, and I can understand your desperation, but when you act so desperate, when you're like, oh my God, this, this is our, this is our guy. This is our guy. It's like, it's embarrassing. It's just yeah. embarrassing. No, no, it's especially you're, you're walking awful. in a desert. Especially when they're awful on so many things. Right. <laughs> you're walking in a desert and you come across a guy and the guy has water and piss and gives you the piss and you're happy to have it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm just, I, 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 again, I think it's, I think there's a certain subset of libertarian and maybe it's because, and we've said this before too, a lot of libertarians are anarchists, right? They're, they're not all in the same position mm-hmm. that we are with how we view politics, how we view the state. And so there's a lot of libertarians who are desperate for the political system to work for them. Um, they, they believe it can work for them. They want it to work for them. And so anyone who comes along who seems like they might just be that guy, they really want to believe. Um, right. And I'm sorry, I've got bad news. <laughs> right. It's like, okay. What what was Trump's uh, like biggest thing that he campaigned on? It was the wall, right? Yeah. The wall didn't get built. No, uh, there's a fucking wall. Yeah. There's like a few so, miles of wall. Yeah, yeah. In Arizona or some shit, there's no there's no fucking wall. And Mexico did not pay for it. No, uh, not even close. And, and the, the jobs were not really brought back. All brought back to america uh from china um so you know you have all of these promises that politicians make and it's like again if you're if you if you're libertarian and you know politicians lie to you you should at least act like it act yeah. like you believe that and not a little like, incredulous oh, right right and, you know it's one thing i can understand if the position is look I can understand if the position is, okay, them at least talking about it, even if they're lying, is at least pushing the Overton window. I think that's a fine argument. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Yes. Um, but again, don't act so desperate and don't act like, oh, this is our guy. That doesn't surely... mean wave his flag. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Surely I wouldn't be lied to again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, show, surely when a politician when he... says something you support, show your support for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, right. But yeah. you don't have to wave a motherfucker's flag because he said one thing you agree with. Right. You don't have to support Hitler because on paper he, he killed let fewer people than Stalin. Like, you don't have to do it. Right. You can just not. You can, <laughs> you can yeah, just you not can admit choose it. not to. <laughs> yeah. You can just not. Look, I, I understand if there's an if there is a, if there are some people who are motivated by Supporting RFK because he is a just an absolute spoilerific vote of no confidence. I'm okay yeah. with that. If you want to support him Me for too. that reason, have at it. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. But don't don't act like he represents you. Right. Because he shouldn't and doesn't, frankly. It's just if if you think he represents if if you are a libertarian, if you're actually libertarian, 
and you and I know I'm no true Scotsmaning that it's who cares if you if you actually have libertarian principles and you think RFK is really your guy you need to reevaluate some of the things he said in the past right and if you want to say well he changed his positions how do you know that? Like, he, he says differently, I'm, but you don't I'm, know if he actually changed his position. I'm going to need proof of that before I believe it. I'm going to need him to say it. Right. Yeah. Show me, show me your thought process that led you to changing your mind. Until yeah. you can show me that, then I'm not going to believe, or I'm going to be less likely to believe you. Um, yeah. I, 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 I would need to hear it from his mouth that he no longer believes yeah. that. And here's the thing, too. Like, there was, a, there was one thing I was looking at. There's a... And he said something like, well, I just wanted to limit that to, to politicians. Like, politicians who denied climate change should be put in prison. And it's like, that's not better. <laughs> that's not... I mean, politicians should be put yeah. in prison for shit that they've actually done, not because they disagree on climate right. change. I, I, what? Right. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, it, it, I, I just can't. I've, I've seen so many people throw in behind him and stuff and, and show support for him in, in a way that I think is not based on appreciating his chaos agency. Right. Yeah. And you don't have, you also don't have to treat every single, like, quote unquote, political outsider like they're Ron Paul. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they're not the same. There's not yeah, just because just because the establishment doesn't like this person and just because they might say some things that are pro liberty here and there, or at least aligned with libertarian values here and there, that doesn't mean they're Ron Paul and they should certainly not be treated uh, with the same respect. Yeah. Look, I'm not one of those guys either. I, I want to be very clear. I'm not one of these guys either who thinks it's a bad look to have allies who disagree with you on most things, but you agree on oh, one sure. thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I, I didn't think it was a bad look for Scott Horton to work with Caitlin Johnstone's people. I agree. On, on the I agree. on the rally, I, I didn't think that was a bad thing. I was yes, you need allies 100%. on issues like that. It makes perfect sense to me. But at no point did Scott Horton say Caitlin Johnstone represents him politically. At no point did at no point did he act like Caitlin Johnstone's positions on everything mirrored his. No, Scott's right. whole thing was we agree on this. It's very important. We're going to work together on it. Yep. So good, do that. Like that's fine. Yeah. But but that's throwing fine. your weight behind RFK as if he represents you politically, uh, it's not. He's not a libertarian. He doesn't agree with you. Right. I just I uh, it's it you're right. It's the it's the it's the stink of desperation around it every time it happens. And the politicians yeah, can like, smell that from a mile away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like the chaos agency of RFK, I really do. Oh yeah. Um Oh yeah. And that's cool. That's absolutely cool, but I, I don't agree with the guy on politics. Yeah, no, yeah, and yeah, again, as you said, like, if you want to, like, make, like, um, single-issue, like, alliances and things like that, that's perfectly fine. I support that. Uh, but don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> don't go out there and say, oh, well, you know, he's our guy. Or, you know, it's the whole thing, like, with DeSantis, where it's like, and again, this is a little more understandable to me because people were really hurting during the COVID thing, so being like the least bad on COVID lockdowns. Yeah. Like I can understand that, but people's then undying loyalty that he bought with that one move, uh, he's going to ride to the bank. Right. Uh, like, oh, that, yeah. 
it's like, yes, he did, you know, a good thing, relatively speaking, compared to all the other governors. Uh, that, But now he's, you know, abusing your loyalty to him to where now he's going to put his boot on the necks of people. And uh, he's going to do that under the auspice of I was the least bad guy. Did you see him talking about fentanyl laced marijuana? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. And then he said, oh, God, what was it? He said. He's non-supportive, like legalizing. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been uh, another hour and you're breaking up again. <laughs> oh, OK. OK, so. Okay. <laughs> he said, I'm not in favor of legalizing marijuana because uh, I want a ready work workforce and stuff like that. And it hurts that. That was one of the yeah. reasons. He, uh, it's like, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it hurts the workforce. Yeah. Again, it's bean counting. It's like, yeah. well, this person's not valuable to society. Might as well just like put him in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Or this person does the thing that makes me think they're not valuable to society because I I have right. I've got um Oh yeah. This is yeah. this is something not a lot of people know. Drug abuse as a human trait is very common and something that we've always had. And <laughs> if people knew the kinds of people who used, for example, Adderall and got a lot of mm -hmm. fucking work done and did their work you very well. You know the people well. who built New York City? Yeah. You're going to tell me they weren't on cocaine? Yes, <laughs> exactly. You put, I mean, yeah, you put speed in with your soldiers' rations, uh, they'll storm a beach for you, sure. Yeah, right. Like, like this is the thing, like, we can't... <laughs> <laughs> there's this weird like puritan worldview where it's like you, you people people's natural sort of existence living without any sort of chemical uh effect on your body which most people do not i mean fucking msg fucking uh caffeine all this shit has chemical effects on it but in any case that's beside the point people, there's this weird puritan sort of mindset where it's like no you gotta raw dog the world at all times or you're not useful and uh, there are some people who uh, do very good work on speed. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, the whole like, well, drug use is just like late for lazy leisure or whatever. And that's all people see it as. Hey, I don't know. I don't know if they've ever, they've ever seen like a crackhead uh, before. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, it's like, it's not like, you know, they're not lazy. <laughs> They're not, I would not describe them as lazy. It reminds me of a tweet I saw once where a guy said, you do coke to relax? No, weed is to relax. Cocaine is for cleaning yeah. the house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not act like, and here's the thing, I don't want to call it drug abuse, because if you're somebody who's using a chemical substance in order to, in order to churn through work, and, and your work is not mm -hmm. bad, like your work is solid and good, um... I, I, that's to me is not drug abuse. That's performance enhancer. Like you're, you're fine. Right. I, I've, right. I've, I've never, I've never, I've never understood this idea that if you're raw dogging the world, you are inherently better. Right. Like I, I I'm sorry. I'm useless without coffee and I'm not going to give up coffee because of some weird moral thing about chemicals. It's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, on one hand, you know, as you said, it's this type of Puritan thing where it's like, on one hand, they're saying they want you to be more valuable to society. They want you to, you know, uh, be, you know, into your 
peak performance level and not be degraded by drugs. Also, here's all these stimulants that will increase your performance. Yeah, uh, exactly. Are- <laughs> I've I've never I've never understood that I I've I've always thought it was of course the, honestly the thing that made me first think about this was do you remember when the performance enhancing drugs in baseball thing spun out I was a kid oh yeah um, but there were yep. like congressional hearings about this shit mm-hmm. and my my view even as a kid was like I, why is that a problem like if you're mm-hmm. if 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 you're why not just have, I can understand if you don't want it in the main league, fine. But like, have a performance enhancing drugs league. How fucking good can people be? Right, exactly, yeah. You know, I've, 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 yeah. I've, I've always had the position that like, there's nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong with performance enhancement, regardless of the way that it comes, unless it's causing a problem. Is it getting right. in the yeah. way of your life? Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, to a certain extent, like, you know, I, on one hand, the argument will be, well, then, you know, there's going to be some, like, disparity between um, people in the league, right, and in a sports league. Sure. But that's true now, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, just naturally there's going to be a disparity between yeah. people in a sports league. And here's the thing. Uh, I can understand you know, that. If you want to, yeah. if, if you if you really are worried about that, about that, that kind of upward push, like people who don't even want to do performance and drugs have to in order to compete. Fine. Okay. It can have its own yeah. league then. I'm okay with that too. Right. I'm okay with there being a league where it's okay to use steroids and shit. Um, yeah. Right. And it being separate from another league where it's not. But. Uh, right. I mean, it's just like. Uh, the number of fucking people, man, professionals, actual professionals who use Adderall, just as an example, mm-hmm. um, and do really, really good work. I mean, there's lawyers out there who do really good oh, work. Yeah. Um, this is actually one of the interesting things going to law school will reveal to you. Um, if you do, uh, if anyone does, is that you will discover the, the uh, ubiquity of Adderall. <laughs> oh, Adderall is everywhere, dude. It's it's everywhere. People Man, are, I, I didn't think. I never did it. I never used. It. I never needed to. I, I've, I, I was never that obsessed about grades anywhere. I, I didn't really care. But if I was someone who really cared about like grades and shit, I, I absolutely would have used Adderall. And and there were a ton of people in law school who did. And there are people yeah. in the professional world after law school who do. I think. I think a lot of these issues uh, default down to the Protestant work ethic, right? Oh, yeah. Which is very much just like idea, well, yeah, hard work is more moral work. And therefore, you know, anything that eases up the uh, difficulty of the work is probably bad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, it's I think I do think it's like a carryover from that. Uh, because it's like, hey, would you take this pill again, assuming no side effects? But if you would, would you take this pill and you just become better at stuff? It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, no question, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the that's kind of the thing that people do, and and honestly, for some people it works really really well. For some people, for some yeah. people, Adderall makes them suck because oh, yeah. they think they're absorbing shit they're not absorbing, mm-hmm. and and they end up performing very poorly. Um, but for some people, it works super well. It just makes them better at doing the thing they're already good at. And, and for those right. people, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Keep, keep, you do that. You have fun with that. <laughs> Not my thing, but absolutely you have at it. Right. Yep. 
And there are people who do very, very good work on this shit. So that's, it, it just, it upsets me. It doesn't upset me. It's, I think, how much of it do you think is just like very little experience with the world? I, th- I think it's a lot, right? I, I think for almost all the times you have, for example, whenever you have someone describing the effects of marijuana, uh, nine times out of ten, you know they've never taken marijuana. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always like some third or fourth uh, or like order of effect away from the actual person who took it telling a story, a fabrication. Yes. I can the telephone about uh, the effects of marijuana. Yes. My my worst story about the effects of marijuana is that I ate a whole box of Nutrigrain bars. It was, <laughs> right. dude. I woke up with an empty box of Nutrigrain bars beside me. I was crossfaded <laughs> as fuck, and I was. It was. I was. So I was. I was hammered, and oh my god, I couldn't remember eating the Nutrigrain bars because I was so drunk. <laughs> but I was also incredibly high and glued to the couch. And I ate these, this entire box of Nutrigrain bars. It was, I woke up with like a stomach ache. Like I felt really bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Aren't we all Keynesians here? Don't we want the economy to flourish? We, more people should be on weed so we can spend more money on. Uh, yes, on, on Nutrigrain. <laughs> on Nutrigrain bars. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it just, it, it, it. I, I, I just like I think there's a lot of it that's like very little world experience, and yeah. not knowing a lot of people. Like cause again, if you know enough people, you're gonna come across. I think I think it probably shakes out about the same way as the as the bell curve usually shakes out, which is like let's just take doctors for example. Mm-hmm. Let's say you've got doctors at the bottom of the curve who suck, doctors in the middle who are fine, doctors at the top end who are incredible. Well, okay, let's make a bell curve out of doctors who also do Adderall. I think it looks the same. Yeah. I think you've got doctors who suck who use Adderall, doctors who are fine who use Adderall, and doctors who are great who use Adderall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I really, and, and I don't really think it shifts that much as, like, as statistically. I don't, mm-hmm. think it, I don't think it necessarily makes a person worse at their job. Now, there might be a great doctor who uses Adderall and becomes a fine doctor, but the reverse is also true. Right. So I, I'm just, I, I think it's, just, it's, it's very little experience, not, not knowing enough people, you know? Right. And not, not seeing it. Cause you can see it go both ways. And also I'm not talking about meth either. Right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about the really fun stuff. We're just talking yeah, about Adderall. Right. I'm, I'm not talking about heroin. I mean, I'm, this is Adderall, right? This isn't a big deal, but yeah. I think it's pretty uncontroversial that, like, if you find yourself hooked on heroin and meth and 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 harder drugs like that, you're probably going to be in a bad spot. Yeah, but using Adderall as a performance enhancer, I don't think is is the fall of Western civilization. I, I, no, I really don't. In fact, I think it's probably saved Western civilization in the past. Again, the twenties, so one of the most prosperous times in American history. Everyone was ingesting crack cocaine or cocaine. Yes. Yes. Crack, cocaine. Yeah, cocaine all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think that's a bad thing, but that is, mm. yeah. there's a there's that whole I think you're I think you're right drawing it to the Protestant work ethic where it's like anything that makes the work easier is automatically bad. Yeah. Anything that makes you better at the work is automatically bad. You have to struggle yeah. to attain the level of greatness that you could otherwise attain with a pill. Right. Yeah. Um, if yes. you're 
if you start at one point and you end at another, they feel like if you took a shortcut to get there, then the work isn't meaningful. Um, and it's like, well, what was lost in taking the shortcut? If nothing was, then I don't really see what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just like that. It's like, I wouldn't have a problem judging somebody if they're better without, for example, I just stick with Adderall because it's what professionals use all the time. Um, if you're if you're better without it and you're still using it, it's just like okay, you're just addicted to it. And it's actually actually making you worse. Right. So it's, like, stop. I, I'm gonna um in like I'm going to um be a subscriber of the Protestant work ethic, and then I'm gonna take the longest amount of dis- travel to get to my location. Yes, I'm exactly. Take the longest route to get to my destination because and I believe on in foot. hard work. On foot. Yes. None on foot. Cars. Yes. None of this none horses. Of this, yeah, none of the car. Yeah. <laughs> Has to be on foot or you didn't really travel. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I, it, it, it bugs me to see that kind of stuff. Cause honestly, it just kind of reveals how many people have never done drugs. <laughs> which right. is, well, no, no they have, fine, they just don't, like, view, they just don't view what they're doing as drugs. That, like is, caffeine that is a great way love. to put it. Yeah. That's absolutely the case. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, that is, that's all that I thought to talk about. The RFK thing just kind of came up. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just kind of occurred to me to talk about. But again, man, like, this is, I, I like him as, a, as like a chaos agent, but politically, yeah. the dude's not a libertarian. Can we, can we no. just agree on yeah. that? <laughs> right. And he's not going to be your savior. Like, no! Just, uh, I... I, I like, if you, again, just to reiterate, if you're a libertarian and you think that he's really good on these issues and that's enough to vote for him, fine. Uh, but there's some people who very much do fall head over heels for political candidates. Um, obviously not as many libertarians as other political parties, distribution-wise. Uh, but it's still embarrassing when it happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Uh, oh, so yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's, actually, your point of clarification is is good. If If we're not talking about you, we're not talking about you. Um, right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But, but there are absolutely people who are just like, oh, this is the guy. This is the libertarian. No, he's not. Uh, yeah. What are you talking about? Ugh. It's aggravating. Oh, did you see that um, Trump was being interviewed by Brett Baer? Did you see that interview recently? I didn't. I didn't even know he was being oh, interviewed. God. I, I don't have the clip. I, I should have thought about this earlier. He was, uh, and, and Brett Bear, uh pushed Trump on. So um, Brett Bear was talking about uh, a woman he released. I forget her name. I apologize. But he was talking about a woman Trump released from prison for drug use. And I think uh, drug use, it might have been even drug dealing. I'm not, I'm not positive. And he asked Trump, he's like, how do you square this with your position that drug dealers should be executed? Uh, and Trump just like completely like flatlined. Basically, he did not have the an answer. Oh, he basically, it, it was embarrassing to watch. But it's like, yeah, sometimes the these politicians it turns out they don't have a philosophy. Sometimes they just say shit. They just uh, say what you want to hear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear that. Can you bring that clip for next episode? I can, yeah. I'll, I'll get that for next episode, and we can we can do that next time. All right, that would be excellent because I really want to hear that. Um, yeah. all right. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about, sir? No, I think we can get to plugs. All right, let's do plugs. All right, uh, you can find me on Twitter at ace underscore arcus on Twitter. You can find me at blue sky uh, at ace arcus dot uh, blue sky or bisky b s k y at dot social. 
Um, oh, I was also on. I was on a podcast. They got right. I was on a podcast. Yes, a I ago. saw that. Podcast. Let's plug that. Yeah. So the Washed Out podcast. Uh, it was hosted um, by uh, at Chili Bound on Twitter. Um, he's a great guy. Uh, yeah, everyone should go follow him. And it was a, a, a discussion. He brought me on. It was a discussion about. Uh, essentially, not anarchism specifically, but about communicating anarchism, about talking about anarchy to people. And he was kind of like asking me, like, you know, uh, kind of like how I like to talk about it, like my kind of like style of talking about it and things like that. So it was a very interesting discussion. But usually when I, you know, get invited on podcasts, it's talking about anarchy, but it's not talking about talking about anarchy. So that was a really, really nice change of pace. Uh, it was it was great. So everyone should go give uh, go give him a follow and go get subscribe to his uh, his podcast. Washed out podcast is the is the name of it. Excellent, excellent. And that was Chili yep. Bound uh, at Chili Bound on Twitter. Yep, um, excellent. Uh, and the last place you can find me is asarcus.substack.com. And I recently posted a new Substack uh, this. Uh, week uh, when you started your plugs long. i remembered that we did not talk about this um i just talked over you. i'm sorry it's called the long defeat oh, no, you're um fine. Go ahead. it is it's so fucking good dude oh thank you it's really fucking good i was like oh, I, I really appreciate that i sat there i read it i read the whole thing and it was just it was so well thought out Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I've been thinking uh, I've been trying to like link those things that I talk about in there for a, a little bit. And it was just kind of been on my mind. So I appreciate that. Thank well, you. it's cl- it's clear that you were thinking about it because it, it really comes through. It's really well put the the the, the Tolkien sort of uh, um, mm-hmm. analogizing by Tolkien's philosophy is a is a brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant uh, sort of method of, of explaining this idea. Mm-hmm. I had to be careful because uh, Tolkien hates allegory, so I wanted to make make uh, try to like tiptoe around making it clear that I'm not saying that Tolkien is allegorizing like this. Sure, uh, so, sure. But I, I, yeah, but yeah, um, uh, but yeah, no. I, so yeah, it, it's basically uh, for people who um, don't know, it's basically it, it was a piece about this idea that a lot of libertarians and anarchists raised about, like, well, you know, what what if it's all just hopeless? What if we're just doing this and we're not going to see any progress? You know, why be a libertarian at that point? You know, I've seen a lot of people, uh, especially recently, have that idea, have that mindset about, like, well, if we're not making any headway, you know, then why are we even doing it at all? Um, and I, I wanted to address that specifically. So that's kind of like that was kind of like the inspiration for it. Well, it was very well done. This no, is a you. this is a this is a really really good piece. I recommend people read it. asargus.substack.com. It's called The Long Defeat. Um it's something that it's it's kind of something that I've thought about a lot. That idea that just like why do you do why do you believe the things you believe? Why do you do the things you do if you do not necessarily believe that they will result in the world that you want to see? Right. Or or that you will ever see it result in that in your lifetime. Right. And, and it's a, or perhaps it never, ever, ever, ever will. Or ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, there's value, I think in, in holding fast to a moral position, even if, even if it is ultimately, I don't want to say the, the losing position because it's difficult to lose morally, but the, it's important to distinguish between like, and, and this is, I think like kind of central to the idea there's a difference between a moral defeat and a physical defeat right? yes um, and one does not imply the other yes yeah i mean it, it would be like it would be like saying that uh, for example uh, uh let's take um let's take china 
just for example. Mm-hmm. Not everyone in China was on board with the communist revolution. Um, right. And the argument that those people should have just not fought it or not held on to the belief that that, that, that was a bad thing um, because they were eventually going to lose socially. Yeah. It, it seems it seems like a ridiculous argument to make. Yeah. And um, I actually I make this disclaimer in the beginning of the piece, but like um, it's almost impossible to talk about this concept without talking about like martyrdom because it's, it's yes. like very much interlinked. But I want to make it clear, like I'm not advocating for anyone to like go out and be a martyr. Right. I'm not. I'm, it's not a call to action. At no, all. no. Uh, but it is the case that I do think that there are many cases of mar- actual martyrdom that are very valuable, even if they don't actually, you know, uh, bring about an ultimate victory in the end. Sure. Um, I think it's moral on its own. What was the what was the way that Tolkien described? Um, I'm trying to find that in the piece. Um, never defeated, never altogether subdued. Uh, yes, never altogether subdued. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a letter that he uh, was writing to his son, I believe. Uh, um, ever defeated. Yeah. Ever defeated, never altogether subdued. That that really. Yeah. It <laughs> it's like it's um it's impactful. I'll put it that way. It is. It's very yeah. That that's why I wanted to like I because I was reading Tolkien's letters uh, a, a while back and I, I I came across that and I was like wow that's really good. Yeah, yeah. It is really really good. Um. Uh. So I, I actually I I want to thank you personally for writing it because it it really oh, is meaningful. Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you, Dean. And everyone should go read it because it's very, very, very good. And it's a great encapsulation of, of what it means to actually believe in something. <laughs> like what it means yeah. to actually have a belief that you think is morally right. Right. And um, not just like a thing you're, not just a belief you're using as a means to an end, like a right. tool. Do you know right. what I mean? Well, having uh, a concept of, of what is good in itself. Right. Even if, even if it's largely ignored. Um, right. It's important. Um, yeah. So that's yes, it's an excellent piece. Azarkers.substack.com. Uh, do your Twitter and, and Blue Sky plugs again because we're, we we kind of oh, have yeah. talked for a while after. Oh yes, no. Uh, uh, Azarkers uh, or a, sorry, Ace underscore Arcus on Twitter and then Azarkers.bluesky.social. All right, and I will link the Substack and the podcast appearance in the notes below. Um, awesome, thank you. They will be down there. Uh, I am pacing Joska Dino on uh, Twitter. Uh, pacing Joska J O U S K A, and uh, on Blue Sky. Let me look. Uh, pacing Joska dot dot social. Um. All right. I think that's it. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of the End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at tetc.show. dot show.